Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Thank you, Father Joyce. Welcome back to another episode of Hawk Hill Focus. Commissioner Kyle Brand is here, joined today with Sam Robinson. Hello. And and David Powis. How we doing? We're all doing great. We're all doing well. I'm not doing great. I had a rough doing great. I had a rough weekend, just in fantasy sports wise. It was not. It was not great for to be Kyle Brandis in uh, fantasy sports this week. For those who don't know, I lost the fantasy baseball championship on the very last pitch of the Sunday night game. Uh, still reeling a little bit. From it but hey week three of fantasy football is in the books uh, yeah something a little bit more important it's a little bit more important but still something i didn't do too great in this week uh we're going to try a little new format today uh we're not really going to go through with a specific segment of nfl news kind of just go through them as we recap the games from this past weekend um so yeah any issues from you boys how are you guys feeling today I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, our Sam 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 gave it to me and gave it to me strong this weekend. Um, you just want to start with that game? Oh yeah, we can start right there if you want. Um, yeah, let's start. Sam's yeah. excited to talk about it. Yeah, no, I I would be too if I were him. I mean, look, the way that I'm gonna take it is my team still did not perform very well, and I was just one really bad decision in benching Justin Herbert away from winning um yeah i i was okay i am a homer that being said starting daniel jones over justin herbert made sense daniel jones was daniel jones was coming off a 29 point game going up against the falcons justin herbert struggling it made sense i'll let you believe what you want if you want my side of the story of what happened to this game, the winning side, which per history, the winner's history is always the correct one. My team put up a complete clunker. Kyler Murray scored 18 points. You're never going to see that again the rest of the season, or God willing, he better not, or he's going to the bench. For In favor of who? I would say another quarterback. Trey Lance is there. Um, Don't worry. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. God. Oh. Nick Chubb got like 20 touches and took it like 80 yards, something terrible like that. Najee Harris actually had a really good week. We're, we're proud of you, Najee. Keenan Allen has somehow become second fiddle to Mike Williams. And C.D. Lamb really didn't do much against the Eagles. If it wasn't for that first quarter, it was like the first drive. There was some broken coverage that he broke off for like a 40-yard, 44-yard catch. Other than that, he really didn't do much all game. Kyle Pitts and the Atlanta Falcons were bad. Tyson Williams no longer exists in the Baltimore offense. And then the, my saving graces were the Broncos defense and special teams and Justin Tucker. Uh, those were the two I was going to get into. If you recall last week, I specifically said that the Broncos defense was going to be an X factor. You did. In, in, in this matchup. And uh, I wish that I, would, I put that on the hot cake sheet so that I'd circle it. But uh, I didn't. And then just we just got to give it up for the good Justin Tucker. So, like, David, do you want against, like, the worst, you know, version of my team in the first three weeks. 
and you lost because you started a bad quarterback, which granted I was praising Daniel Jones to start for Larry's team, but you're going to pick him over Justin Herbert in a shootout game against the Chiefs? Look, I, the, like, okay. Like I said. <laughs> it's a shootout. There's offense everywhere. These are two great quarterbacks. What did you mean you thought Justin Herbert was, was going to play worse than Daniel Jones? I'm, I'm just going based on what my eyes see. My eyes see that Daniel Jones is putting up some numbers. Justin Herbert was struggling. I'm, I'm, I was, I was wary of him. I'm not wary of him anymore. We made mistakes. <laughs> Did you learn your lesson? <laughs> uh, my lesson's been learned. Also, just because I made a bad decision on quarterback, I would like to not ignore the fact that Tyree Kill for a second straight week was awful. Oh yeah, um, he was bad. If I get, you know, if I get even an average version of Tyree Kill, I'm, I'm right there. So, and if I had an average version of all of my team, we'd put up 120 points on you, David. That's true. No, I, I understand that. Now, 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 David, how do you feel about the news that Josh Gordon is going to sign in Kansas City about as being the Tyree Kill owner? Do you think that'll hurt Hill? Do you think it, you know might really I, make a difference? I'm hoping it doesn't. I, I don't think it's going to make a difference, honestly. I, I feel like I, I'm kind of hoping it's going to be the same situation as like when the Chiefs signed. Um, Le'Veon Bell, and he did nothing. And, like, it, it impacted absolutely nobody on the offense. Um, I could see that being the case. Although, it, what the worst-case scenario is that it turns out it turns out being, like, an Antonio Brown situation in Tampa. That would be a disaster for me. Um, but just one more person to, like, take away attention from Tyreek Hill is good for me. So, ultimately, I think it'll be all right. Fair, and then hopefully you can uh, get that running back help. You know, earlier was it earlier today or yesterday? Uh, the trade went through yesterday. You struck a deal to acquire Chris Carson from the Gotham Rogues. Yes. yes, as as everybody knows, I have been, I, I have been heavily hunting running backs, um, and yeah, so we're happy we're happy to have made a deal with the Gotham Rogues, who have been who have been very busy, very apparently. busy trade. Um, yeah. so we're happy to make a deal with them. Uh, we think it's going to make both teams better. Personally, I don't care if it makes him better, as long as it makes me better. Hey, that's all that really matters in fantasy football, as long as you get better. Exactly. I don't want David to get better. He's in my division. Well, yeah, he's not in my division. I really don't care. He gets better. <laughs> uh, oh, gosh. David, pick, or Sammy, pick the game we want to go to next. Uh, what game do I want to go to next? Kyle, why don't we go to your game? Why don't we go uh, rolling here with the, uh, with the uh, hopes here? You had a tough matchup this week. I'm not going to say that I, I'm not going to say that I picked Matt to win, but I did. He did. And he did. He did. He won on the back of uh, Jalen Hurts. Well, well, actually, he, he won I because think, of Jalen Hurts. I think the biggest the back of Emmanuel Sanders. The swing of Dalvin Cook going out and Alexander Madison going in for Matt was like probably a forty point swing because that's twenty yeah. points that you lost and that's twenty points that he gained. Yeah, that really hurt seeing him go off. It's uh, funny. I, I actually just wrote next to Alexander Madison's name. That hurts. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that, that Jalen hurts. Uh, huh. Huh. Get it? Because he's also fucking destroyed me this week. Um, yeah, if there's... That's the worst situation when your uh, top flight running back gets injured and your uh, opponent has the handcuff and the handcuff just goes off. Um, 
yeah, you know, he also had Kamara go off for almost 18 points. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders just decided to, you know, not be old as dirt anymore and get got 21 points. Um, George Kittle uh, sighting. George yeah, Kittle's, Kittle's alive. Yeah, 10 Five. points. David. Now, I got to ask, though, not to take away anything from the loss here, Kyle, but in terms of what you saw out of Josh Allen, a, I, a resurgence to what he was last year. Yes, I knew those first two games uh, were going to be indicative of the season. Um, I'm glad he could have this pop-off game against a fairly good, or at least they were hyped up in the offseason football team defense. Um you know, it did, like I said, it hurt that he was throwing the ball to Emmanuel Sanders so many times during the game. Uh, I wish he kind of threw more to Stefan Diggs and bitch-ass Cole Beasley. But, <laughs> you know, it the, seeing that game from Josh Allen gives me hope that I'll be able to dig myself out of uh, an 0-3 hole. And hopefully I can get my guys back. I, injuries really hurt me this week, especially in the running back department. No one ever wants to utter the names Mike Davis and Michael Carter as their no. top yeah. two running backs for the week. No, um, now, now, Kyle, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, I understand, yeah, that sucked about Dalvin Cook and your running backs were not good coming into into this game. Now, thoughts on Robert Woods' performance? All right. Let's talk about Robert Woods' season as a whole, not just this week. Yeah, I'm curious to know, where are we at with Robert Woods right now? Where's your head at? So, it's been pretty evident on the shows. You know, I've been on three of these four episodes so far that I'm, I was a big believer. I am a big believer in Robert Woods. Um, I still think he will be a serviceable wide receiver on my team moving forward. Um, but I am officially declaring that I would like to backtrack on Robert Woods' top five wide receiver season. Wow. Uh, the hot take has been taken off the skillet. The hot, the hot take has cooled down. The hot take right is is a mere simmer. Yes, it's frozen. It's in the ice tray freezing right now. Is he getting uh, demoted to your flex next week? Um, I'm not going to reveal my strategy on how I do flexes, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything in, on my roster, at least. Um, but you know, we're not going to be afraid to take him out of the lineup if we need to anymore. Wow. Um, I think defenses will start paying attention more to Cooper Cup, and hopefully that leads to more targets to Robert Woods. Uh, as opposed to Deshaun Jackson. As opposed to Deshaun Jackson, Tyler Higby, uh, you know. Every other David, weapon they have there. David knows this. I'm starting to get a little high on Van Jefferson. I <laughs> uh, put, put some money on him to score a touchdown this week, and he didn't. But I think we'll continue having a good season. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to officially announce that I was wrong on Robert Woods. And, um, you know, we're just prepared to move on. Well, the, the first way to get past a mistake you've made or, or an unhealthy addiction is to admit that you have a problem. So I'm proud of you for admitting that you, you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to make it. I had to admit that I made a mistake with Daniel Jones. It happens. We make bad. You know, we make bad decisions. You can't dwell on the past. In fantasy exactly. Football. You know, exactly. Everything, everything week to week is so sporadic. Uh, you can't really dwell, dwell on the previous week too much. You have to have a short, short memory. Exactly. Um, for, you know, for, those who are, for those who are listening to our podcast right now, I know we say we're not a fantasy advice podcast, but this is coming from team owners that combine for a one in five record. So take this with a grain of salt. 
I just felt yeah. like I had to put that out there for our listeners. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, um, also, uh, really quick shout out, Matt, for having the most points in the league this week. Yes. Yeah. You were, you were I don't know. What, what, what can we call that? The guy who scores most points in the week. The guy that scores point six two more points than Larry. Which, yeah, which we want to to that next one. I'm I was going to that's a, that's a segue into Larry. But um, we're going to call the guy who – I think we should just call the um, top point scorer Big Dog. Big Dog? Yeah, I like Big Dog. Big Dog. Matt Kress, Big Dog of the Week. Yeah. All right. Well, runner up to Big Dog. I mean, we, we have to address the elephant in the room. Larry's 3-0. <laughs> wow. Who wow. needs a rebuild? I'll tell you how. I told you how last week. Hey, hey, Will I... Bonafide fantasy football star. I, I think it's disrespectful that Larry's even keeping him in the flex there. I said... I was the first one to utter Larry and playoffs in the same sentence. You were, and you're still the only one to utter that. I said 500 team. Um, I'm, I'm, I am. If you're not all in, now to be fair, Julie's team kind of sucks. Julie's team is bad. And, Sorry, Julie, and your team. I hate, I hate to say it, but they're right. They're right. Yeah, like that's not that's not a great squad you got there. But I mean, you can't. Regardless of who he's playing, he would have beat everybody in the league except for Matt this week, and he would have lost by – it would have been a heartbreaker. Larry Rooney's for real, folks. David, can I remind you of something else that you said? Because Please. I'm staring at it on my hot take sheet. Sure. Um, I have you quoted as saying that Larry will not score more than 100 points in any game this season. And um, like, what, what's um, your response to that? Like, like I just got finished saying to you, Kyle, we need to be able to admit our mistakes. <laughs> when we have bad takes, you just get rid of them. Just walk them back. It's not a problem. Just, I mean, never let's, look at this, let's look at Larry's stat sheet for what it is. Kirk Cousins was he a, was he a waiver wire guy this week? Uh, uh, I believe he was. I don't think he was. I thought he was one of like the eight quarterbacks. I'll look. I'll look. I don't really know. Kirk Cousins, I mean, he had a really good game. He had an above-average game. Mark Ingram uh, returned to whatever planet, you know, planet Earth. I don't even know if he was really off of that. He had, what, 10 points last week. Peyton Barber, if he scores, if he has a, drops another 20-piece, I'll eat my hat. I don't know. Like, But I'm, I'm not looking at Peyton Barber as a consistent, you know, high-end fantasy running back for what he was worth, especially with Josh Jacobs. Yeah, it's only with Josh Jacobs, though. In the wide receiver department, as I keep saying, Larry is deep. Chris Godwin's good. Rondell Moore, I am now a little bit more speculative of, but the first two weeks he was really good. Um, you know, came up with a dub this week, but that's fantasy football. And then you also have, you know, you can sub him out for Jamar Chase or Marvin Jones. Pick your poison there. Who's gonna who's gonna replace Rondell Moore for your wide receiver? No offense, is a decent in a in a year where fantasy tight ends aren't great. Um, or deep, I should say. You have a couple of great ones. You have your Hawkinsons, your Kelsey's, so on and so forth. Noah Fant is a passable option. I think he's better than my guy, Kyle Pitts, right now, which is a shame. Um, and then again, going back to Mike Williams, bona fide fantasy star. I'm not sure why he's in the flex. He should be respectively put at RB or wide receiver one where he belongs on Larry's team sheet. And then, you know, defense and special teams and kickers, I always say, are a crapshoot week by week. So, yeah, you, you, can't really, you can't really rely on the Browns defense getting nine sacks every week. No, no, you cannot. Yeah. That's a streamable thing you can do. I, I believe that Larry could stream a defense. He's clearly oh, yeah. competent enough to pick up free agents if he's grabbing Peyton Barber, who went off for 20. He's seeing something that I'm not. 
Kirk Cousins was not a waiver wire picker from what I can tell, though. Okay. He was. Well, he, he's maybe not. Draft. I don't know Larry. if he was this week, but I think he, I don't think he, he was drafted, but he was not picked up this week. I don't know. Larry had like four quarterbacks to start a season, and Kirk Cousins was not one of them. That's what we're no, saying. He was. He was one of them. And then Larry dropped him, and then Larry picked him up again on Wednesday. <laughs> oh, okay. So, technically a waiver wire pickup. All um, right. But going back to Rondell Moore, yeah, he did have a great game this week, but you have to remember that Arizona offense, they're going to explode every game. You know, 31 points, I feel like, would, might be a season low for them. And Sam, I know you're hoping the same, right? Yeah, I'm hoping the same. Obviously, I have Kyler Murray, who's the centerpiece of that offense. Um, but I also roster A.J. Green, someone who I'm sneakily waiting for to have some upside, which this week he did show that he was when, you know, with Hopkins kind of being a little injured, um, they started turning to A.J. Green more, which I like to see those targets. I'm glad it wasn't Rondell Moore, because um, if it was, I would have been in trouble. Yeah, that, then that's even a perfect, you know, segue to talk about Julie's team and, you know, a disappointing game from DeAndre Hopkins, only 2.1 points. Uh, do we think that had anything to do with injury? That has everything to do with injury. Yeah, You're not the best definitely. wide receiver on an explosive offense like that and get shut down every time when you're DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. I, I think Julie Julie needs to make some kind of a move because I just don't see I don't see outside of her running backs. And then the good news for Julie, let's let's say let's say something nice about Julie. James Robinson had a a really good game, which I mean, I think the previous two weeks, what did he have? Uh, like uh, combined, I want to say like 10, 12 points. Uh, he went 5.4 week one, 6.4 week two. Yeah. So James Robinson having having almost 20 is a welcome sight for Julie. That being said, I mean, where else on the team do you get points from? I mean, okay, DeAndre Hopkins is not going to give you two points every week. But considering the weapons on the on that offense, I don't – I don't think you can just assume he's going to be good for, you know, mid-teens every week. Um, Allen Robinson, Chicago is just a disaster. I don't trust – you don't, you don't want anybody on that offense, really. Um, Sterling Shepard was playing really well, got hurt this past week. I don't know what his status is moving forward. I, I just – there's not much – like, there, it wasn't even like she made any bad decisions with who she played. I mean, look at her no. bench. They, nobody on her bench did anything either. Quarterback, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a good game, and and I that was a good pickup. Um, Pittman, I think. Is I wanted Cordell Patterson. I put a I put a waiver wire claim yeah. in for him. Yeah. Julie stole him. Ah, thanks, Julie. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah, and no, I just don't see you know. Okay, so you you put in you put in Patterson, you put in Pittman because Pittman has had a pretty good year. I it just. I don't know. It just it just doesn't impress. It scares me. I'm scared for you, Julie. I, I worry. What's oh. concerning for me for Julie's roster is I see Damian Williams, Chicago Bear, Cole Komet, Chicago Bear. Yeah. And Allen Robinson, Chicago Bear. That's that's an offense you don't heavily want to heavily invested on. on a very bad offense. Yeah. And I think you draft well, you being Julie, I think she drafted a lot of guys that just are underperforming more or less. I mean, Austin Eckler has been good. He hasn't been running back. Eh, he's been close enough to running back one. Good. I give you a pass there. James Robinson before this week hasn't been good, but that's to be determined. I think there's better days ahead. Hopkins is good. You know, check the box there. Great, great pick. You slam dunk on that one. Allen Robinson's underperforming. 
Robert Tunyon, you thought would get more work with, you know, the way that Green Bay's offense runs, but he really hasn't seen the light of day. Sterling Shepard, I'm not entirely out on yet, but, you know, other than week one, I mean, is there anything that I'm missing? Did he? Okay, week week two, he was solid with his nine targets for nine. The problem for, the problem for uh, Sterling Shepard, and I wanted him, but the problem with him is it's he's not a great non P, non PPR league receiver. He's very touchdown like in, in these kinds of leagues. He's touchdown. He has a lot of touchdowns. He, he's, he's not a big play guy. No, no, he's he he'll get you like seven catches, but they're not going to go for a ton of yards. But yeah, that's you know we're a standard league here. We don't do any PPR, so yeah. And then same thing on our bench. Robbie Anderson's a viable wide receiver in most years. Hasn't put it together this year. Sam Darnold just doesn't like him. I don't know what it is. Ronald Jones, we've been waiting to have a fantasy breakout year for like four years now. Matt Ryan's just bad. I don't know what to tell you. He's, he did all right, 19.6 points this week against a bad uh, Giants team. Cole Komet's bad. Pittman's all right. And then, like we kind of said, Cordell Patterson and Damian Williams, they are what they are. Ugh, Julie. Julie hopefully can uh, can turn the roster around as we get further into the season. Better than um, for you, Julie. Yeah, Ben. And speaking of turning rosters around, I think the next game we talk about is uh, all about the Bass Boys and Gotham Rooks. Uh, Jim is back. Jim is back. Jim is back, and the Sean Mortal Lock curse has continued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep saying it. Just them all. <laughs> Just to piss him off. Uh, just like Jim's back, Saquon Barkley back? 15 points? Is he going to, you know? I, 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 is that, I, is that I'm not, something? I'm not convinced. I'm not no. convinced. He, he, he scored one touchdown. That's what really helped him. Outside of that, there wasn't, he didn't look great. Um, but I mean, I think if you're a Saquon Barkley owner, you're happy because yeah, at, at least he finally outdid a projection. Yeah. That's well, I mean, for heaven's sakes, he had 10 days off and is playing the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. I sure hope he beats projections. Yeah. Like we weren't asking for much out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, not, uh, we're, not even, we're talking about a 15 point performance. If this was 25, I can understand, you know, having a little bit more hope, but like this was as ideal of a situation for a running back coming off of injury that you would expect. And he put up 15 points. That doesn't really say the world to me. Especially when you're looking at the, his backfield make uh, Kareem Hunt scoring 21 points, 21.5 points. Uh, the, the Cleveland backfield always confuses me because I never know who to trust in any given week. It's, now, is it, is, it's going to be a Nick Chubb week. It's going to be a Kareem Hunt week. I don't know. I'm not entirely sold on that. The Browns, ba- the Browns backfield, I, I had Nick Chubb last year, and I just operate – with the mentality of whoever I do play is going to be the wrong decision. I, you can't, you just don't get it right. Yes. I had Kareem Hunt last year. And I also feel that. So we should really team up. Kareem Hunt takes so many carries. Dave, I think you're having technical difficulties. David, we lost. All right. We're just going to go on without David. We're just going to go on without David. Oh, yeah. Who knows what's happening over there. But, uh, yeah, looking at the other side. Oh, you're here? I'm here. You sound like a robot for a sec. Hello? Hello? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. I'm here. I got you, David. We here. All right. Well, hey, good for Jim's team. And uh, Sean's team was kind of bad this week again. You know, he had good running backs left. 
his running backs get given he is getting rid of Chris Carson though. So don't know how much he can say he relied on that success. Yeah. Getting rid uh, of Chris Carson. He traded for it was Stefan Diggs he traded for at the start of the year with uh Aaron Rodgers who's sitting on his bench. Yes, I believe it was that who we traded for again here and uh that trade yeah, hasn't that. been bad, I think. Uh, it's looking like a little bit of a head scratcher, if I'm being honest with you. Huh. The fact that Aaron, you traded, I mean, I get it. I guess having an insurance policy on Lamar Jackson, but it's a very expensive insurance policy that I think you you don't really need. It's, it's a little bit of overkill. This is amazing. Is that my... What is happening in the background? Well, I opened I up know. the stat sheet for Stephon <laughs> Diggs, and I think that was... I'm going to try that again. Oh, was that me? No, I don't think that was me. I think that was one of you guys because I don't have an ad going on down wasn't here. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. I heard it, but um... maybe it was. But so Stefan Diggs has put up six point nine fantasy points. Nice, twelve and six points again this week. So he has not looked impressive. At least wide receiver one impressive. Um, he's lucky as Terry McScorn there because even though he wasn't great this week either. Um, because that's concerning for a high-end wide receiver like Diggs. Did and again, Aaron Rodgers is a bench policy. Yeah, he did. I was going to ignore it. He has one touchdown this year. Who has one touchdown? Terry McLaurin. Well, Terry he had week three. <laughs> How many do you expect him to have already? He's not Cooper Cup. Well, yeah, that's fair. No one is Cooper Cup, uh, except hopefully Robert Woods. But we'll get to the why we <laughs> touched on that. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Sean's traded away half his roster, so I don't even feel like doing a whole roster breakdown of him yeah, right that's, now. That's the thing. I'm looking at this roster. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's going to look, look very different very soon. So Sean's on the trade market, for those who aren't aware. He's dealing left and right. Um, if you want to trade, text Sean, and I'll probably make one with you. <laughs> I, um, I'm not taking a look at the notes I took pre-show, and I forgot that I made a joke in my notes. Uh, for Jim's team, I said that Kareem Hunt kicked it into high gear. Ha! 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 Off the field issues. <laughs> All right. The last two matchups we have this week were both blowouts. Do we even want to talk about them? Do we just want to say that Nick beat Alex Gill by a lot and John Lucas surprising win? Um, uh, over do Rob? We blame, do we blame David for Gill's loss? You 100% do not. Look, I, I've I've made enough mistakes this week. I I went one and five in the pickums. I I started Daniel Jones. Can we just not? Well, I told, I told Larry to start Rondell Moore, and he got point eight points. He, he benched Jamar Chase. Hey, and, it was not my fault that Rob Gronkowski got hurt in the middle of the game. Let's also not act like that there was anything that really could have been done here. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I was like, going to say too. You could have flipped the entire bench unit here I'm looking at. Like, no one really put up insane numbers that it was like, oh, like, bench regret. Like, you should have played Tyler Boyd to get 9.6 points in your flex instead of Rob Gronkowski because then you would have lost by, like, 30 instead of 40. Like, <laughs> like what? Yeah, no, it was just a, it's just a terrible, terrible week for for uh, Billy D's nuts. Yeah, yeah it That's fantasy football. You have ups and downs. Yeah. And then Nick had, you know, not a horrible week. You know, a decent week, 101.3 points. Um, the two-in-one team. Yeah, and Mike Gazicki finally showed signs of life. 
Um, yeah. Overall, good win, Nick. Gil, getting, getting better next week. I do want to touch on the last matchup, though, of uh, John Luca versus Team, team Dunnan. Um, you know, Luca finally got that win. Zeke. Zeke's back. To Welcome the, back, uh, Zeke. To his rookie season form, it's looking like. Um, but what I want to more touch on is not even something that's pertaining to this specific game. It's, is Rob's season, you know, how's he going to do the rest of this year if Christian McCaffrey's out? I really don't know. I I, I think I think he'll be okay because – okay, I put it this way. He'll be okay if Cooper Cup maintains – obviously, he's not going to maintain this level of play, mm-hmm. but – as long as he maintains somewhere in you know somewhere in the wide receiver one conversation, I think he could survive a Christian McCaffrey injury. The problem is AJ Brown looks awful right now. He also got hurt yesterday too. He got AJ hurt. Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown got hurt yesterday. Yeah. Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think he came back to the game, but I think he went down to the injury. Um, DJ Hawkinson put up a disappointment for the game by his standards so far, um, and I feel like Clyde Edwards, Elayer, just kind of like. Had one of those random good games. Well, and he um, but he he does have Antonio Gibson sitting on the bench, so I mean you could probably slide him in there. For I think for a lot of people they would be okay with having Antonio Gibson and there. Exactly. So I I think he'll survive it. I just don't know if I mean obviously when you lose the best fantasy player in football, um, you're gonna get your your team's gonna take a step backwards. But I, I think he'll still be okay. I think he'll survive it. He's gonna need. He needs better from his receivers, though, and he needs Cooper Cup to keep doing what he's doing, and he needs AJ Brown to be better, and he needs Tyler Lockett to be better than he was this week. Yeah, uh, second straight year, I think Christian McCaffrey got injured for Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think he's gonna be all right, though. I think what is it? It's a hamstring injury. Matt Rules today said that they're not putting McCaffrey on IR, which means they expect him to come back within the next couple of weeks. So this is one of those things that you just kind of have to hold on and hope for the best for. Maybe two weeks, and again, we're talking about replacing him with Antonio Gibson, who is a pretty good backup running back to have on your bench. Um, and again, looking at his wide receiver depth, it's there. I mean, A.J. Brown, we'll see. I haven't seen too much on his injury update yet. But even if A.J. Brown's out, that means his starting running back wide receiver combo will be Antonio Gibson, C.E.H., Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, and his flex is going to be like, if Brandon Ayuk, I, who put up 10 points, I guess that's probably the most yeah. he's put up all year. Yeah, it is. You know, either oh, him, right. I'm sure you can find someone on waivers. Jamal Williams. I would say Jamal Williams had a good week. Like, there are options there. Jamal would even been a decent option as a flex. I do want to just say, shout out, John Luke. I know we mentioned it before, but I'm actually shocked at how well his team played in general. I was, I, I think after the first week, I said that I felt like in order for him to win a game, Jameis Winston was going to have to have one of those like stupid Jameis Winston games where he has like five touchdowns. He didn't play, I mean, 17 and a half points. He's right on his projection, fine. But I mean, Zeke had a really, really good day. I actually had like an RB1 day. DeAndre Swift had a really good day. Everybody on his team performed. I honestly did not think he was ever going to get that. I, I never thought that his team was going to actually put that day together. Now, I don't know if they can do it again, but really across the board, a really, really good day for, for uh, famous Jameis. 
Now I'm looking at his roster too. He's got running back city over there. Yeah, opinion. he does. Zeke Swift, uh, even on his bench, Zach Moss, Javante uh, Williams, Zach Moss, Javante Williams, uh, Daryl Henderson. Is he injured right now? I forget. Uh, I think he is. Uh, yeah, he is injured. Rib cartilage issue. That's fun. That doesn't sound good. Um, you know, he'll. I see J.K. in there at IR. Um, obviously, he's not coming back. But um, yeah, I agree with you, David. I definitely thought that he would have to have James would have to have a five-six touchdown game for him to do good. And two touchdowns, pretty good. But yeah. Um, yeah, just shout out to the rest of the squad. Yeah, 119 points, and and Jameis was pedestrian. He was normal. That's that's a good sign, I think. This this I think John Luca might be getting frisky. <laughs> I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna chalk this one up more to the stars aligning in John Luca's favor. We'll see. I feel like that's I, def- I feel like that's the definition of frisky. It's like if you catch if you catch him on the right day, he could really he could really he could really you know piss in your Cheerios. Yeah, like Daniel Jones as your fantasy starter. Exactly, exactly. That was a frisky decision. Frisky, frisky moves all around. But uh, so yeah, that that was our week three in SJUFFL. Uh, time for some awards of the week. Um, no, I I'm gonna start because I decided it, and um, I'm gonna put in my MVP for the week. I touched on it earlier. I thought this player was going to be an X factor in their matchup. Uh, my MVP for the week is the Denver Broncos defense and special teams. They kind of secured a win for the same Demix. Uh, they absolutely secured a win. Absolutely secured a win, uh, which, you know, definition of being valuable. Um, Kyle Murray had a down game, but I think, you know, Broncos outscoring their projection by almost 10 points warrants an MVP. Um, what are the thoughts? Because I really thought this would be met with more, you know, um, anger with you two, but it doesn't seem that way. I mean, at by about three o'clock on Sunday, I uh, I just chalked my uh, I just chalked up my fate to um, what was going to happen in our game. So nothing, literally nothing about anybody in our matchup can bother me. I've I've been just numb. I was just numb to it, it early peace. on on Sunday, so I don't at care. Peace with the decision, but uh, yep, Denver Broncos my MVP. David, do you want to go next with their MVP, or would you like me to? Uh, I'll go for it. Um, my MVP is going to be Emmanuel Sanders. I think, I I think could could Matt still have won with a pedestrian performance from Emmanuel Sanders? Yes, but. Absolutely secured it for um, for the nerd squad. Um, really, just a good a good call by Matt to start to to start him. I don't think he's he's not the kind of guy you're going to start every single week. Um, and just had a really good connection with Josh Allen, which makes you happy, Kyle, but also makes you sad at the same time. Very sad. Um, yeah. So I think Emmanuel Sanders. I think throughout the year is going to is going to be somebody that if you catch him on the right weeks if you're Matt and you and you put him in on the right weeks um, I think he could really perform for you and you know going three times more than three times your um your projection is uh I think warrants um warrants an MVP an MVP vote I would say so um and sticking to MVPs that probably weren't necessarily game changers but just very strong performances that I was impressed with if you couldn't tell, I really like Mike Williams. I think 
He is a fantasy <laughs> superstar. And the reason why he gets my MVP this week is because I feel like week three in fantasy football is a big prove-it week. You know, we saw with guys like Tyler Lockett who were, you know, setting the earth on fire their first two weeks. You, you ask yourself, can they keep it up? Tyler Lockett didn't, um, which I'll get into a little bit later. But you ask Mike Williams, are you legit? Are you the real deal? 14 points week one, 15 points week two. Can we believe in this? And he said, I'm going to score 26 on your head against the Kansas City Chiefs. We're not talking about some scrub team. The Kansas City Chiefs, he's solidified himself for Larry as a high-scoring fantasy option now. In and the flex. That, in the disrespectful position of the flex. <laughs> Please, Larry, move him to wide receiver one. You are just disrespecting the man. He will stop producing for you if you keep disrespecting him. I think he's the MVP because he has emerged as the top wide receiver for the Chargers and for Larry's team in general. And that's just more valuable than I could explain as someone who rosters Keenan Allen and CeeDee Lamb, who are both more so teetering right now as higher-end wide receivers. Mike Williams just keeps bursting on the scene and getting better. That's an MVP. Fair. Sandy. You mentioned this in your rant. Uh, let's let's get right into the Fantrax Player of the Week. Sam, it was your choice, Fantrax Player of the Week. Tyler Lockett. It was a prove-it week. You saw him go for two straight. He was hot. The Seahawks were moving the ball. Russ was cooking. And unlike Mike Williams, he didn't answer the call for week three. And what did he put up? Like three or four points? I don't have the exact uh, score sheet in front of me. Yeah, something like that. But he was bad. Three points. He was bad. And it's not his fault. He's just not the guy. You're not that guy. I'm sorry. You're just not that guy. You're not that guy. I'm going to try to find a soundbite for that. Um, yeah, my my Pantrax uh, player league kind of follows that same logic. Uh, I think TJ Hawkinson, uh, Team Dunning, you know, he only had one point. He came in hot. He had 17.7 week one, 12.6, 12.6 week two. Um, followed up with one point in week three. Um, like Sam was saying, it was a prove-it week for basically everyone in fantasy football. Um, I think, you know, given all what he did his first two games, definitely a disappointment for DJ Hawkinson. I don't think that's going to be what he does every week for the team moving forward. Um, but just, you know, real just disappointing week all around. If I, no, I might want to change my answer to just Rob's whole team. That's disappointment of the week. That's Fantrax team of the week, Rob Dunning. If I can comment real fast on Hawkinson, I thought it was intriguing that in his first two games with high performances, the Lions more or less got blown out. And this was actually a tight game against the Ravens, surprisingly. And as a result, you saw Hawkinson, who's been what many of us would consider their best receiver, not really get any looks. And that's why you saw a guy like DeAndre Swift go off. I just thought that was an interesting tidbit that I guess Hawkinson, maybe he's just more of one of those garbage time, you know, money pits in terms of fantasy points where yeah. just, as soon as the game goes, they just dump the ball off to him and he just runs. So what you're saying is TJ Hawkinson is bad for the Lions. That's what you're saying. I'm saying the Lions being good is bad for TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> <laughs> the, Lions being, the Lions being good is bad for everybody. Um, my very swift. True. My fan tracks um, player of the week is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. I really could pick any of Julie's wide receivers. 
Um, but I'm going to go with DeAndre Hopkins just because you expect, you know, there's a high, higher expectation coming in for him, um, especially playing the Jaguars, who everybody has had success against. Um, but but a solid 2.1 points, not that it would have changed the outcome of the game at all, but um, just on a, on a week, on a, a week where Julie just struggled overall, DeAndre Hopkins was the shiniest of the shits. Now, going from the shiniest of the shits of players that you regret playing to the shiniest shits as a fantasy manager with a player on your bench, who would like to announce our unanimous bench regret of the week? No, I think something's happening in my mic. I don't know what's nope. going on. Nope, we are past the, te- the technical difficulties. It's all you, David. Um, for our unanimous decision for... Bench regret. Um, I I think I think after a lot of de- after a lot of deliberation and a lot of consideration, um, I consider myself a man of faith. Uh, <laughs> that's deep drive by Castiano. <laughs> that's a deep drive in the left field. Like, um, it's it's Justin Herbert. I, all right, okay, you happy? It's Justin Herbert. Thirty-eight points. He was the highest point. I think he was the, no, maybe the highest point scorer in the league. No, Josh hey, Allen. Hey, Josh Allen. Don't put second highest point scorer in the league this week. I started Daniel Jones. I got lost. I, I, I mistakes were made. I won't make the same mistake again. With enough points to have swung the matchup as well. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I know. <laughs> I, 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 I did it. I did the math. I looked at it this morning. I know. It would have been a significant margin too. I know. Yeah. No, you would have clobbered me. My team was yeah. bad this week, and you let us get away with one. You know. You know. It's funny, Sam, is that you let me know already that your team was bad this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, you just I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to repeat ourselves too much. I was just disappointed in him. But, Look, you know, I, had, I had made my peace with it, okay? I, my peace has been made. You make mistakes. Everybody at some point this this year will make a mistake. Absolutely. And, but you know who didn't make a mistake this week? Larry uh, Rooney. Larry Rooney did uh, not make a mistake this week. I don't want to hear Well, he Take did actually. He, he could have not benched Jamar Chase. Well, yeah, but he still won, so it's not a mistake. Um, because he started Peyton Barber. The barbershop was popping this week. And he is our unanimous league pickup of the week. Yeah. So I wanted to congratulate Larry for being a waiver wire wizard. Well, I mean, yeah. and if Larry's going to continue to win games, he's going to have to be. That That's how he's going to win. He's going to win on the waiver wire. So um, right now, Larry, Larry has embraced the challenge, and he is, he's really shown us what he can do. Yeah, he's shown us what he can do, and um, you know he's letting after, us hear it too. He's letting after, us hear what he can do. After the sponsor break, we're going to hear from him. We'll have Larry Rooney live in the studio uh, to discuss his undefeated season uh, and how he thinks he can keep up the uh, good luck. As I and his say. new team name change, he changed it while this podcast is recording to "Who's a sophomore now?" Question. Yes, we'll, we'll get into that and see how uh, and see what he say to Julie. But we'll be back after the sponsor break. Welcome back. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors for supporting the show. If you're looking for a way to support us, please support our sponsors as they are what keeps the lights on here. Joining us for the second half of our show here is Mr. 3-0, and one of the largest smack talkers Ugh. in the league, Mr. Larry Rooney. Welcome to Talk Hill Focus. How are you? How does it feel to be 3-0? Oh, it feels great. Honestly, this is, this is better than winning the championship last year, I gotta be honest. Wow. Uh, I... 
honestly, I expected to be 0-3, maybe score like 150 total points through three weeks. But we're we're sitting pretty right now. That pretty is one way to say it. Um, <laughs> Larry, now tell me, getting to 3-0, behind all of your smack talk, the multiple team names, what's been motivating the guys there? Is it... Is it you? Are you the secret sauce? What is the sauce that's gotten you this far? Uh, honestly, I think I've just played the waiver wire better than pretty much everyone else in the league at the moment. We're just getting guys that want to play. We're putting them in spots to play, and, you know, it just, uh, it's been working out so far. I think I've had four, th- three different quarterbacks, but I've had, like, a total of eight different quarterbacks on my team. Yeah, you've drafted, like, <laughs> all of them during the draft. Now, I, I have one last question. I don't mean to take up the entire floor, guys, right now. But I do have to ask, Larry, at the start of the season, you had your team name as I don't want to be here, and you traded away Stephon Diggs and Aaron Rodgers before the season even started. Assuming, as you kind of mentioned, that you would score 150 total points over three weeks. Given your team's recent success, do you regret making those trades and acquiring draft capital that early? You know, I'm not so much concerned about Stephon Diggs. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers thing kind of hurts because at the moment, really, I'm playing quarterback by the wire. Uh, I'm going based on off of the waiver wire and just trying to make things work. Um, so I think having stability at quarterback would have been nice. Um, but that being said, if I started Aaron Rodgers week one, I don't win week one. So things worked out for the best. Kudos to Sean. He got what he needed early. Uh, I don't even know if it's working for him. I don't know how it's oh, it one and two. Jeez. Uh, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long Man, It must suck to be one and two, huh? <laughs> oh, imagine being 0 and 3. Whoa. It is a long season, though. Plenty of time. Oh, God. Now, Larry, uh, I, I have to ask. All right. Um, I, I, I understand that you're 3-0. You've had a lot of early success you've shocked all of us truthfully you have shocked all of us kyle's still not a believer kyle's not even happy to have you on the podcast right now we'll get into that um you know sam and i are 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 more bought into what's going on over there with um who needs to rebuild i don't want to be here who's a sophomore now we're really we're, <laughs> we're really into what you got going on i need you to tell me right now you're three and oh you're sitting pretty what's the ceiling where are we going what, what? Oh, we're going all the way. <laughs> can we? Can we? Can we put that on a post-it? Can we? Can we get that on our hot take board? Oh yeah, we're gonna be here all season. Okay. Um, okay, well, yeah, you're gonna be here. That's not a doubt. I, I, I'm, looking, I'm confident you're actually. We're looking be at four and zero. I gotta be honest. We're playing Rob in week four. We're looking at four and zero. You're aware that you're currently a 28 point underdog. Well, yeah, it's because I still have Peyton Barber in my lineup, and he's projected for zero points. Fair assessment. All right. Well then. So then you'll be what? You'll be a you'll be an eighteen point underdog. Yeah, but I've been an underdog all season. Do you think you thrive on that? In that? Hell yeah, the boys love it. <laughs> oh, the God, boys no. love it. Uh, Larry, David, David just mentioned that I'm not a fan of your team. I flat out hate your team. Um, most of it's probably just jealousy. Quite honestly, I feel my team does not deserve to be zero three. Um, feel like you're just doesn't deserve to be three now. Um, my my question is: Do you honestly think that a team whose running back one is Mark Ingram is going to win the championship? Hey, like, we're making how, it work now, boys. I'll tell you. 
that's not sustainable. That also, I just want you to know we got you marked on our calendar. We're looking forward to it. You've been talking trash all season. We're coming I for you. Been. I have been. I'm going to continue to talk trash season. If, you know, what do we play? Week seven, week nine, one of those? You know, if you're seven and out and I'm out and seven, I'm still going to take myself because just I hate your team that much. Foolish. Rivalry brewing here. At Rivalry. Oh, hell yeah. Studio. Rivalry is brewing. I mean, this is what Larry thrives on. He, he, he thrives on, on creating rivalries. We, we know. Oh, of course, I yeah. thrive on chaos. Yeah, ex- absolutely. Now, Larry, I want to I want to ask you about going back to last season, the championship season, the team that you essentially bought with draft capital to beat my team, the championship. Oh, how? Um, yeah, that one. For reason. <laughs> Was it worth it? Sitting where oh, you are now. Definitely. You I know, haven't even felt the, the the negative effects of it. I'm sitting three and zero at the top of my division, and it's going to be tiring. It's going to be it, wire every week. No, it takes ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> ten minutes out of my day. <laughs> it is annoying when I miss out on guys, though. But it's it's worked out so far where I've gotten all the guys I've wanted. Who's who's been your biggest waiver wire miss this season? Who's the one guy that you wish you had right now? Um, I gotta go back and see. I'm not sure. There's been, there's only really, there's really only ever been like one or two guys. I think the Elijah Mitchell one hurt, but then he hasn't done anything. I'm pretty sure he's hurt right now, too. Yeah, he sure is. Um, sure. <laughs> and then Kyle ended up doing a sign and trade for him, so I don't even care really about that. But he's probably the biggest miss after week one. I, I, I will give you props though for your choice of Mike Evans. And, uh, you know what? No, I'm giving. I think that back. You didn't even make a choice of Mike Evans. It all drafted him for you. Um, Mike Evans. I'm sorry, not Mike Evans. Mike Williams. Mike Williams. Oh yeah. I'm sorry, Mike Williams. Um, oh, but I, I have Mike Williams on two of my other fantasy teams. We well, we're we're a strong believer in uh, Mike Williams. We choose not to acknowledge other fantasy <laughs> on this podcast. Uh, Fair enough. That matters. Um, you know, I will. I will decide to give you props on your pickup of Travis Etienne. Um, oh yeah, I, I think that was a that was a smart move, move given the new James Robinson rule that we had. Ironic. Honestly, I'm the only one really that's taken advantage of the new rule. I mean, David fought for this rule so hard last season, he hasn't really even taken advantage of it yet. Nope. Nope. Um, yeah, uh, but I'm I'm looking at like potentially being able to keep Rondell Moore and Travis Etienne for very little in terms of draft. Uh, Hopefully. Draft stock. Hopefully. You know, just to remind you, their, their draft stock won't actually be uh, determined until 10 days prior to our draft. Yeah, it's actually. average draft position, right? Right, average draft position. So who knows? I know more than play himself with a second-round pick next year. It could. That's, it's possible. Which would be yeah, outstanding. Get it at point four points this week. Um, but So, Larry, yeah. are you, so I've one, I've got one more before we get into the pickums. Yeah. Um, are you worried at all? You know, you win three games, you're shocking people. Are you at all concerned that if you lose a game, you know, let's say let's say that Rob beats you this week. Well, I wasn't, but uh, hypothetically. I right, see of course. Hypoth- we're, we're speaking strictly hypothetically. If, if theoretically. <laughs> no. If, if, if Rob beats you. You go to three and one. You, you have your first loss. Are you at all worried about loot? You know this team, whatever you, whatever you've got going. Are you worried about 
Maybe you start second you start second guessing some of the moves you've been making. And, my and, division you know, is buns. I'm pretty. I don't got to worry about my about losing a game. Just get back on the horse. I think that's. I think we should title this uh, this episode quote. My division is buns. <laughs> yes, We're writing that down now. Um, I just I, you know Julie's zero three, Sean's one and two, and then Jim, but. How 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 long is Jim gonna pay attention to this league? I mean, he's gotta. He's, he, let's be honest. He's gonna bail out eventually. Um, so Larry, so you're 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 banking on Jim just getting disinterested after a little while. Oh yeah. Once I beat him for a second season, you know, <laughs> I can't wait to make my second lap through uh, through the through the division. Now, can I ask one more question? I know I know we got to get to the pickups here, but for those who also play in our fantasy basketball league. Um, Larry is one for power rankings. And he has been very upset with the league power rankings that we have published through Kyle's Excel algorithm over the past three weeks. Yeah, that shit needs to change, bro, because it's not working. Change it next week. I technically have no idea what the algorithm is. It just looks pretty. Larry, could you give us a rough, maybe not exact, but maybe a tiers even of – how you view the SJU FFL league, you know, if you want to break it up into like four tiers or if you want to do top to bottom power rankings, feel free to, I just don't want to put you on the spot. No, no. Yeah. I can definitely go through this. Um, well, obviously the three and O teams, they got to sit, sit at the top. But, uh, one of the teams that isn't three and O that I throw in there is, uh, one of your co-hosts, David palace, his Thank team you. is stacked. Uh, but I guess it just hasn't worked out so far. But his, his team's gonna pop sooner or later. Um, and then you have Sean's probably Sean and Jim are probably in that second tier somewhere. But Jim again, I don't know how much value I can put into him because I I have to imagine he's gonna stop playing sooner or later. Uh, if you're listening, please don't stop playing. We love having you. <laughs> no, it's great. It's definitely great having having him here. Uh, and the Knicks team is pretty good too. Uh, but Julio Jones has been, you know, kind of suspect over there in Tennessee. Um, but no, yeah, those are probably like the middle tier teams, and then the rest, the rest of you are just buns. <laughs> I'm not worried about. Uh, how about how about Rob? Yeah, you didn't mention Rob. Yeah, he's terrible. Wow. Either. Damn. He's gonna he's gonna have another loss this uh you know <laughs> this week, so he's gonna be sitting at one and three. Although his team is actually pretty fucking good. Sorry, I don't even know if I'm allowed to curse. Um, I didn't. I should have asked you that before I went on there. Uh, we'll bleep it out. It's fine. Totally fine. Yeah, we'll cut it. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, Rob's team is good, but I, honestly, I'm looking at the, you and Rob, David. You guys are probably he. You probably have a better team than he does at the moment. Thank you. Take, I, I appreciate that. that. I need. You know, I needed that. I needed that. It had been. It was a rough weekend for me. I needed that. Or the three and team believes in you. Thank you, thank you. That's all I need. That's all I need. That's all I need. How are you gonna say that a team with Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook, Trap, and Travis Kelsey? Is there You're any- talking about selling already. What you on what Sunday? You, you were like, I'm That's trading off everybody. The record. That's off the record. It doesn't count. <laughs> oh, okay. It, count here. it definitely um, counts, Kyle. No, uh, I got one last question before we head into the pickups, because um, I know how you'd answer this. I want to preface this with. Besides yourself, who do you think is going to win the championship this year in the SJU? I got to go with uh, my SJU FFL rival, Sam Robinson. Uh, 
Yeah, you know, I just if it's if he's there, I'm there. So it, it bodes well for me if if he's in the finals. Sam, how do you Larry feel about that? Each other in the championship. What was that? I said Larry and I only face each other in the championship. Oh yeah, it's just how it goes. It's a it's a game recognizes game kind of thing. You know, both of us sitting pretty at three and zero right now. That's kind of you know why last week I had Larry in the pickums because I knew if I was going to go three and zero, Larry was going to. It's oh, yeah. just how the fantasy universe aligns. Oh, gosh. Everything's equal between you two. <laughs> uh, it really is. Oh, man. But, Larry, we're happy to have you on. Uh, we are going to start including you in Pick'ems for this week. Let's do uh, it. And I think, I think the best matchup to kick it off with is your matchup against Rob. Oh, um, me easy. I mean, you were just saying Rob's got a pretty good roster, you know. No, his, his team is uh is is pretty good. Um, but he he really does go as far as Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett will take him, um, because they're so dependent on each other. Like a bad game, like they probably are both having a bad game. Um, so I think he handcuffed himself a little bit there. Uh, and then also he has a New York Jet in this lineup currently, so that's just a mess. That's yeah, that is actually shocking. <laughs> that is wow. And luckily, well, I mean, obviously, Christian McCaffrey at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, so you're taking yourself. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I was even if even if Christian McCaffrey was playing, I was still taking myself. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going with Rob in this matchup. Um, How many times yeah. can you be wrong? And then still, still allowed to do these pickles. Well, Kyle. oh, we didn't. We didn't get. We didn't start off pickles with this. Uh, last week I went two and four. Sam was a solid four and two last week. That's the best week anyone has had so far. And uh, David's futility continues. He went one and five. Yeah, Oof, that's rough. Uh, that brings our season totals to Sam winning the way at nine and nine. Uh, I'm. I'm in a distant second place at six and twelve. And David's even in a more distant third place at two and ten on the season. Um, happens. You know, but it was a know, rough weekend. I do have a poor track record in these historically. Um, but I'm still gonna pick Rob. I have faith in Rob Drowster. Uh yes, CMC's down, but like we were talking about earlier in the show, he has Antonio Gibson. Uh, he was sitting his bench last week, able to fill in. Cooper Cup's been going off. TJ Hawkinson's, I think, is going to have a bounce back game from what he had. Uh, so I'm rolling with, with Rob to uh, finally give that loss that he deserved. Rob, I just want to let you know, Kyle just signed the death warrant. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to wait for the other. I'm going to echo you, Kyle. Um, I'm going to go Rob. It's just, just too much firepower there, Larry. Um well, you know, no, we love you, it. If you, Keep Peyton. If you if you push the right buttons again this week, you know maybe you got a shot. I think Peyton Barber being out that hurts. Although I think Josh Jacobs is probably going to be back this week anyway, um, which is going to take some of his carries away. Um, yeah, I mean if Kirk Cousins can go crazy against Cleveland and Mike Williams can keep doing Mike Williams things, you've got a shot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Rob every day of the week. I got three words for you guys. Why not Larry? Let's go. Larry. You see, a reasonable man, finally. <laughs> As the guy that holds the best pickups record, I feel like my, my opinion means something here. First of all, looking at Rob's lineup, Russell Wilson's got a tough matchup against Seattle. 
Antonio Gibson isn't going to be great every week. Kyle Edwards-Zelayer has an awfully tough matchup against Philly. Tyler Lockett, same thing as Russell Wilson. Tough matchup. Cooper Cup's going to be in a shootout. He might go off, but that's one guy. And TJ Hawkinson, as we talked about, close games for the Lions means TJ Hawkinson goes bye-bye. He might not be involved at all again this week and put up one point because the Bears are also awful. They don't even know who their quarterback <laughs> is this week. They're talking about starting Nick Foles, who hasn't dressed all season. And then he's got a New York Jet next. And the Pittsburgh defense, which could change, I hope it does, against a lethal Green Bay offense. Good luck with that. In terms of Larry's matchups, obviously we know Larry's a wild card. His entire starting lineup might be different. By <laughs> so I can't really comment too much other than I would have to assume that Chris Godwin, Jamar Chase, Noah Fant, Mike Williams, and the Cleveland D are going to be there for certain. Which oh, is that first of all. First of all, Larry, please put Mike Williams as wide receiver one, just out of respect for him. He's been <laughs> incredible for you. Like the flex just almost seems degrading at this point. Like you don't believe in him as a as a true top wide receiver in this league. He's the man. You guys have heard me yell about him like three times already this podcast. Larry didn't, so I wanted to include that real fast. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jamar Chase against Jacksonville. That's just a vertical threat all over the place. And then Godwin with New England. You have Tom Brady returning to New England. You really don't think he's going to go crazy and let all of his wide receivers eat. So, yeah, I'm banging the drum for Larry for a 4-0 record. Why not Let's Larry? Let's do it. Why not so, Larry? That's so right. So many things against why it should be Larry, but I'll digress. Um, what matchup do you want to do? Uh, Sam or David? Oh, I'm, ready. I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Let's go all about that Bass Boys and uh, Philly D's Nuts. Um, uh, you, uh, Sam, you brought up um, Tom Brady's return to New England. I, I think that Tom Brady's return to New England is going to give Jim a win this week. I think he's going to go crazy this week. Um, outside of that, a couple of tough matchups on Jim's, on Jim's side of things, but I think uh, Gil's got some t- tough matchups as well. Um, Rob Gronkowski against New England is going to be tough. Um, uh, Mark Andrews against Denver is going to be tough. Uh, don't love – oh, well, actually, we have a trade. I, right, Jonathan Taylor is getting traded for Miles Sanders? Yeah, Miles uh, Sanders correct. and Jonathan Taylor's out, one for one. That's right, that's right. Um, so I'm going to ignore Jonathan Taylor there. Um, yeah, I just – I like Jim. I like Jim in this matchup. I think Saquon looked okay last week. I think he'll continue to at least – at least be on his projection. Um, Kareem Hunt has started start the season really well. I think he's going to have a nice game against Minnesota, who can't stop anybody right now. Um, yeah, I like I like Jim in this one. They go 3-1. and one. I think Alex continues to struggle. Well, I hope it's not a bad sign that I'm agreeing with you, David, based off your tracker and pick-ups here. But I'm also going with Jim. Um, like I said, Tom Brady's going to go off. Barkley, it's going to be a proven week. I think this is the big test. Um, we've kind of talked about Kareem Hunt. He's always a wild card. The play that really intrigues me here is, is uh, Chase Claypool. I'm not sure what the injury status yet is on Deontay Johnson. I know he missed last week, and Juju went down this past week as well, making Chase Claypool essentially the only guy that's really going to be catching the football other than Najee Harris. Shout out to the Sandemics. Um, for a <laughs> mediocre, I'll call it, Steelers offense, Big Ben hasn't looked great at all, to say the least, this year. Um, but I think if you have just one receiver there – you know, Claypool's going to rack up points, and that could be a big difference maker, um, especially when you have to look at Gill's wide receivers. Calvin Ridley hasn't been Calvin Ridley this year. Um, again, Falcons are bad. Um, and Amari Cooper, 
you know, I don't really have enough past stats. I'm going to take a look at it right now. Um, he's been all right this year. He's busted in two of his games and boomed in the one. So he's a bit more volatile than you'd probably like out of a top wide receiver. But, you know, that's what the Cowboys offense is right now. So give me Jim for this week. Uh, yeah. Uh, are, are we based in lock of the lock of the weeks solely off the three of us? Or, or does it have to be a unanimous amongst the four of us? I think we need a unanimous with Larry. All right. Yeah, I agree. Well, I'm, I'm, okay. Well, I'm also going to take Jim in this one. Uh, looking at the current line, it's set at 8.6, but we know that that is changing. Um, I did not know that Tom Brady was the number one quarterback in our fantasy league until right this moment. Yep. That is, I don't think that's something he's ever been the top of, you know, a fantasy ranking um, in his career. So shout out to Tom Brady. Yeah, like Dave was saying, I think he's going to let his wide receivers eat. Um, his return to New England really just give Belichick a huge fuck you. Um, I'm, uh, I'm taking Jim. You know, a lot of me wants to say uh, Gil here because Saquon Barkley has been garbage. He finally got his first touchdown in week three. Kareem Hunt, you know, he's good for like one or two of those pop-off performances each season, but he had that last week. Uh, so you can't really – there's not a lot of faith there in the running backs. Um, but then just looking at Gill's team, I have no faith in Calvin Ridley. With the three wideouts in Dallas, you never know which one's going to go off. It could be Amari, but it also could be C.D. Lamb or Michael Gallup. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then honestly starting two tight ends in the tight end spot and the flex spot, always kind of sus to me. But looking at his bench, he doesn't really have much more. Uh, to work with, so I, I re- regretfully I have to go with Jim here. Oh, lock of the week, lock of the lock week, lock. Don't let us down, Jim. Because <laughs> <laughs> we have never let anybody down before. No, never. But also, like Jim, just drop Todd Gurley. You know. <laughs> yeah, probably, it's probably about that time. All right, moving on to our next matchup here. Um, we got Team Mandarino facing off against Famous Jameis, who just got his first win heading in or throughout week three. Um, gentlemen, who do we have in this matchup? Uh, I'm Nick in this matchup. Um, you know, the more I progress throughout the season, Patty Mahomes and Derek Henry is a scary combination. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, five, did he finally pop off? Yeah, he popped off for 16, yeah. seven points last game. Um, Julio Jones has been a little disappointing this season. He had a great week, too. But, you know, the other two games, we'll see which one we get on Sunday. Um, Maybe Mike Gazicki will continue the success. I know he had, like, maybe a combined two points for the first two weeks. uh, But finally lit it up with eight points last week. Um, Yeah, and then looking at Luka's roster, uh, his running backs are scary with Elliott and Swift. Um, but again, I'm going to reiterate this. A team being led by Jameis Winston is just not a team I'm going to pick hey, um, just because of the inconsistency there. Um, I've got to be honest, though. They're playing the Giants. That's true. They're, they're playing the Giants, but it's Jameis Winston. It's the Giants. Hey, Jameis Winston's pay. <laughs> Jameis Winston has a 40-point performance this year. I'm, I'm, I'm going with Nick. Okay. All right. Just saying. Uh, I guess, yeah, just touching on on uh, famous Jameis here. I'm taking Jameis Winston against the Giants every time. 
Uh, and I think it's safe to say Zeke is is not, you know, the worst running back in the league like people were trying to make him seem. Uh, I think he's officially back and uh, he's ready to go. Uh, that Carolina defense is going to be tough though, but well, I I think he's going to be he's going to be perfectly fine. And then DeAndre Swift has just gone absolutely off this season. Um, and I just think down the lineup that. Uh, John Luca has just uh, uh, an even keel, even spread of uh, point getters, uh, and for that reason, I think uh, this. sign me up to match Larry as well with famous Jameis here. Um, again, Winston versus the Giants. I mean, if there's one game that Jameis Winston is going to, you know, walk into the sun again and just completely be on fire. If it's not the Packers, which that one still doesn't make sense to me, it's going to be the Giants. Um, I am also terrified of Mahomes going up against Philly um, because that's also going to be just a field day for the Chiefs if I had to take a guess. Um, but Zeke's back. He's proven that he's a legit option as a fantasy running back again. As I touched on earlier, the Detroit Lions having good games is good for DeAndre Swift, bad for TJ Hawkinson. So we're going to see a bump out of him and his performance. Justin Jefferson, I'm expecting one of those kind of middling team shootouts that you're going to see between the Vikings and the Cleveland Browns. I think it's going to be a relatively good game. That's going to be back and forth. So I expect a lot of air yards out of the Minnesota offense this week. Um, DJ Moore in Dallas, you know, he's just has to break off for one play and he'll get his week's worth of points. So overall, I like most of John Luca's matchups here. Um, Derek Henry is a world beater and is going against the jets. So that's the only big concern that I have. Um, other than that, most of the other matchups for um, taking a look at Nick's team, I mean, you got Edmonds going up against the Rams, who's a tough matchup. Metcalf against the 49ers, tough matchup. Julio Jones has just been bad, so I don't really consider his Jets matchup a plus. Maybe you'll get average performance out of him. Um, and then Juju's currently sitting in his flex. As we said, he's listed as questionable this week and more injury updates to come. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, the two of you. Sorry, Kyle, leaving you on an island. Um, I'm going. I'm gonna go Luca as well. I was back and forth on this. Um, I just don't like the matchups. On I don't really like the matchups on Nick's side of things. Uh, I think the Jets defense is actually not the worst defense in the world. They didn't play great against Broncos last week, but the offense did absolutely nothing. Um, puts defense in a bad spot. So. I don't love the prospect of Julio Jones getting much going. I actually don't love the prospect of even Derrick Henry getting much going. The only reason that Derrick Henry might have a decent game is because the game might be so out of hand that he just gets a lot of volume. Um, I just, I like the matchups on Lucas side more. Um, like we've talked about Jameis against the giants, I think is a plus there. Zeke is a, Zeke after last week, I think is definitely a plus now. Um, I, I like. I, I agree with you, Sam. I think that Vikings Browns matchup is going to be a shootout. I also think Cardinals Rams is going to be a shootout. Um, those are just like the kinds of teams that just seem to always score in the like the mid to high thirties. And I just can't imagine that um, Justin Jefferson and like Tyler Higby and th they're not going to be left out of that. Um, so I think there's just going to be a lot of a lot of scoring in those games. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with John Luca, and I think I think John Luca makes a statement this week. One thing I will say too about this matchup, uh, I think if if Nick starts Chubba Hubbard instead of uh, Juju, uh, that that changes things pretty drastically for me. Um, I think 
against Dallas, he, Hubbard would be in for quite the quite the game. It's a good call. I actually forgot. I actually forgot he had Chubb Hubbard. Fair enough. We'll see. We'll see if he rolls to this week. Um, Nick, I'm pulling for you. Don't, don't forget. Don't forget who loves you the most here. Um, let's go to David. Your matchup. Um, oh, these projections are rather close right now. Point seven yeah. Yeah. difference between you and Matt this week. Uh, looking at the matchups, you know, you'll you you did put Herbert in there, so good job. No problem. Not Thanks. Roll, Thank you. Not rolling with DJ this week. Nope. Uh, your running back situation is going to change. Hopefully, it's Josh Jacobs and Chris Carson. Uh, Adams and Hill, obviously starters. Waller, you know, bit him a do for Logan Thomas. Um, trying to make up my mind, literally on the fly. What did I say in our sheet? I, huh? huh. I can go first, Kyle. If you're still yeah. there. Yeah, I would like to reconsider my choice before I say it on the air. So please, all right. Go I'll say this one live. I feel pretty good about David here. Um, yes. Yeah, David. Let's go. I got you in for a win this week. I don't think Tyreek Hill can go missing for this long. I think you're going to see a return. You upgraded your running backs, which is always good. Um, you know, there's really not much to say about your wide receiver core with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill, other than. Tyreek Hill hopefully will come back for you this week. You finally are starting the right quarterback at the right time um, with Herbert. Congratulations. You could have been two and one this week, but you're one and two. I'm aware. <laughs> I am aware of that. <laughs> Over, overall, like I think Matt puts up a good a good fight. But I'm just, you know, it's something in the gut here more than anything that's given me David with a bounce back win over the three and nerd squad. Yeah, truthfully, I just I like I like the receivers, Davis receivers uh, this week with Mike Evans, Terry Kill, and Devonta. Not gonna be able to go go wrong. Um, and the last two weeks with Terry Kill missing, it's kind of hurt David. But uh, I, like I like Sam said, I think he's gonna be back. Uh, it also typically Philly fashion, it would be perfect for him to come back uh, against them. And then. Darren Waller, he's just going to see so much volume, and that game is going to be high scoring. Well, Darren, so. Darren Waller's been traded. Oh, okay. I saw that, actually. <laughs> yeah. So who who are you starting in his place? It's going to be Logan Thomas. That's who I'm, I'm getting him. That's, that's not bad either. Um, <clears throat> but like I was saying, that Las Vegas and uh, Chargers game is going to be a high-scoring game, uh, so I think it bodes well for Jacobs and Herbert, um, assuming Jacobs plays. Hopefully for my team he doesn't, but – <laughs> I digress. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then Matt's, you know, the receivers scare me on his team. They could easily, you know, put up six points apiece, and then he's kind of screwed for the rest of the week. Um, he's definitely going to have to rely on his running backs here, and I just don't think it's enough to get the job done. Big one uh, caveat I'll throw into my choice, though, is if Alexander Madison is RB1 again this week and Dalvin Cook, which I believe will be back, um, but that could sway some things for me. But I'm right now. I'm still leaning that he's not going to be the guy, and that Dalvin Cook will be back. So, David, you're still my strong answer here. Thank you, sir. Uh, David, I'm assuming you're taking yourself. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to take myself, and I actually mean it this week. Um, I was pretty confident last week I was going to lose. Um, I, I I feel pretty good. I feel good about the moves that I've made. Um, I think they're going to help. Um, getting Melvin Gordon out in my starting lineup is just like going to make it's going to make me really really happy to do once i can do it 
Um, and I just don't believe Tyreek Hill is going to be missing three three weeks in a row. If he is, then fuck me. I don't know what to say. I will say you should you know look this week because I think that's going to be uh, there. There's already be high score. There has been it. There has already we have a waiver claiming. Okay. Not going to say. Oh. For I mean, the search going to be released after waivers go through. Oh. Um. I. Who the hell did I pick up? I'll think about who I picked up. I don't remember. All right. Um. Yeah, after having some time to sit on it, here are most comments. Uh, there's, there's wide receivers on Matt's side, and uh, his tight end all have that questionable mark next to him. Um, so that's a little scary. Uh, but, you know, I forget who was saying it. But they, you know, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, they're those guys who could easily go for five or six points each. And um, the only little thing that I'm just personally worried about for Tyreek Hill is, you know, will Josh Gordon be involved in in the game at all. How much will it be? How much will he be involved? I don't really have a good gauge on that. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to put my pick in for David and make him a lock of the week. So there I, we go. This I, is, I, I apologize, David. This is uncharted territory for me. Um, and my, uh, my waiver claim for defense was the Cincinnati defense who was playing Jacksonville. Ah, so yeah. I'll use my number two waiver claim. So our lock of the week is a one and two team beating a three and zero team. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday, sir. That's fantasy football for you, if I've ever seen it. Um, going to a team where the records are a little bit closer together. Kyle, they're no. playing Philly this week. And by a little bit closer together, you mean exactly the same at zero three. Yeah, I mean, exactly. One of them is going to get their first win this week. Yeah, or can, maybe I, can I pick? Can I pick neither team? Larry will opt for the tie. Um, I'll start off with this one. Although, if I'm going to be honest, I think Kyle, you shouldn't have a problem this week. I really, really think you can get your first win. Assuming again that Dalvin Cook is playing. I hope. I think you will be. Even if you keep Robert Woods as your wide receiver one, I think you have no reason to lose this game to Julie. How are you 0-3? Your team is so good. (laughs) Thank you, Larry. That's what I was trying to say when you were doing your tier list. I I guess I know I'm 0-3, but look at my team. They're so good, I don't understand how I'm 0-3. It's not like I've been doing bad either. Well, we have a lot of good teams in this league. Shitty matchups for myself. Yeah, I do feel like the teams all around in this league are pretty uh, evenly matched. The 12-team leagues are a little bit deeper. So, yeah, it's definitely harder to have, like, a standalone best team. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously going to take myself in this matchup. I, I'm not really going to get into my reasons because it's I feel, like, fairly obvious. Yeah, Kyle, I'm going to take you as well. Um, I think if you – I do think if you lose this game, um, I think you just – I think it's full panic mode. I think you go into full on panic mode because it just means that the stars are never going to align for you and you're just never going to win a game. Yeah. If I lose Kelsey, Cook, Allen, the whole, the whole gang, uh, should start packing their bags. Yeah. This is, this is the week. This is the week. Hey, call us first over at, uh, who's the sophomore now? Uh, you're going to trade me off draft picks. Can't. I go, I can't. I mean, you have. I mean, you could trade me one draft pick, but that's it for you. Uh, that's fair. Is this tampering? This is not tampering. This like is tampering. just a conversation. Okay. All right. Just All I said was call me. He makes the rules. All I, I said was call me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything else. 
Uh, but I think, yeah, I think looking at this, uh, Kyle should easily have his first win. God um, damn it. I think uh, Julie's just going to be the, the Jim Elliott of this season. Uh, going <laughs> Owen, oh, Owen 17. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just looking rough for her. <laughs> yeah, that's what all I got. What did she do to deserve that? That's all I got, guys. Julie, better days are ahead for your team. Please keep your head up. I really don't think so. No, I think Stafford's a great option at quarterback. James Robinson just needs to get right, you know, as a running back there. And Allen Robinson needs a competent quarterback, which, hey, Nick Foles is known to be a world beater when he comes off the bench as the last option. (laughs) Don't sleep on Allen Robinson just quite yet. Well, David, David, that that makes me join you as a lock of the week, unfortunately. Uh... Yeah, we got one matchup left. Uh, the last remaining host, full-time host on the show, Sam Robinson, going up against Gotham Rose. And, uh, God, what, Sean Maliga? I forgot his name for a second, even though I was reading it. I'm sorry, Sean. Um, right now, Sean's a two-and-a-half point, two-point, two-point favorite. Um, his roster's going to change dramatically. Uh, you know, he does have Miles Sanders, Logan Thomas, Chris Carson for him in this matchup. Um, Meanwhile, Sam, he's got his star, Kyler Murray, two great running backs, Chubb and Harris. Um, I, I have my money on Sam this week. I um, I have my money squarely behind Sean this week. Um, I, I Barely. Yeah, I, I worry. I do think they're going to be points scored in the, in the Cardinals-Rams game. But I worry about Kyler's efficiency against the Rams. I could see some turnovers. I, he did not look great last week. I, I worry about his about his ability to play against a really really good defense this week. Um, so I don't love that. I I like I, I like a lot of what Sean Pittsburgh's defense is not good. So I think I think his the Aaron brothers are going to be uh are going to be pretty formidable this week. Um, Kansas City's not been able to – well, he's not going to have Miles Sanders anymore. Forget that. Um, Terry McLaurin against Atlanta. Stefan Diggs against Houston. These are like plus, plus, plus matchups across the board for Sean. Um, Bill's defense against Houston. Like every, any matchup that you want, he has. Um, I, I, I'm, I'd be worried if I were you, Sam. I'm just going to be honest with you. I'd be worried. I don't know. I don't know. Sean gets enough back in those trades to make up uh, for the players he's losing at the moment uh, this week. So I, I, I do think Sam has this one um, just because you're not going to start Odell when you have Terry and Stefan. Um, he will start Waller. Yeah, you'll start Waller. But, again, he's he's as good as, uh, as the, the Raiders are in the red zone. If they're not scoring touchdowns, then – it gets a little questionable. Um, I just Sam, – Sam's got two – honestly, Nick Chubb, he had an off week last week, I think, only because Kareem Hunt took over the load, uh, and that's not going to happen. CeeDee Lamb is incredible. Keenan Allen, yeah. I, I think, And then, of course, he has Justin Tucker, the GOAT. Um, <laughs> so I like the GOAT. So I do think Sam's got this one in the bag here. Now clearly pre-trade, I'm thinking... I, pre-trade, I think I would have taken Sean, but after the trade, I think I go with Sam. Well, then thank you, Sean, for making this trade so Larry would pick me. 
Agreed. Thank <laughs> you, John. I appreciate the trade as well. I'm going to be honest. Playing a one and two Sean team, this feels like a trap game. A you know three and zero team with the Studley quarterback and Kyler Murray, the talk of the town, if you will. Um, this does feel like a trap game. I would be lying to you if I wasn't ner- if I was telling you that I wasn't nervous because I am. However, I believe in my guys. They haven't let me down yet. I mean, they kind of let me down this week, only scoring ninety-seven points. But David made a big blunder. Um, Will you please shut the fuck up? I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm really hoping that they, you know, part of our winning culture is knowing how to win games. So I'm hoping that the winners keep winning. And I'm hoping that Sean makes some horrendous mistake. And this doesn't end up being a trap game for me. So I'm picking the same demics. As expected. I, I also like how you said part of the winning culture was winning. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's pretty simple. If you want your guys to win, just tell them to win. Just draft good players and score points. Ah, so simple. Such yeah, simple I mean, Larry's doing it. He said it take him 10 minutes every week. He looks at the waiver wire, finds good players that want to win, and then drafts them, and then they win. Oh, yeah. That's the mentality. We have a good recruiting system here over uh, at – what's our team name now? Who's the sophomore now? Um <laughs> Even Part of that is team. changing their team name every week, so the players think they're getting recruited elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we keep them off the off the, on their toes. Oh man! Well, that does it. Any closing comments from anybody? Sam, David, Larry. I, well, I think two of us will be looking oh. at four and zero. Oh. Wow. Well, I'm definitely not going to be looking at four and zero. Oh. I know <laughs> I'm looking at two and two. It's it's going to be great, hey, Kyle. You're you. If like I said, Kyle, if you don't get that first win, just just sell it. Just end end it. I got you. you Put the season out, out of its misery. Um. Well, th- I I appreciate having you on, Larry. You know, I know, I know, uh, I know you probably have a lot of uh, interview requests these days. You're really really talk of the town, but uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll always have time for Hawk Hill focus. Don't worry. Anytime you guys need to fill some uh, some maritime, just let me know. Oh. We always appreciate it, Larry. I would like to thank the listeners who have been joining us over our first couple of weeks here here at uh, Hawk Hill Focus. If you could leave us any sort of rate, hopefully it's five stars, but if it's one, we'll take that. The feedback is appreciated. Um, and to our listeners that don't actually play in our league, because it seems like we have a few of them, we welcome you. I'm not sure if we have a public ESPN league, but I am actively working on making it public and leaving the link in the show notes so you can keep track of the SJU FFL. Yeah, we're going to try and have that this week. Uh, we're also going to try and leave a link for any fan questions. Uh, I think that show we had currently have that scheduled for uh, two weeks from now. Uh, we have a good, we have a few good ones in the queue already that we'll get to. Uh, but you know, any questions are welcome for us. Uh, Larry, like David said, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, we're going to pass it over to our main man, our guy over at Hulk Hill. Uh, Dan Joyce to sing us out. So we'll talk to you guys next week. Take it away, Father Jay. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly.
Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. Glory, glory, what a hell of a way to fly. The hawk will never die. Welcome back. It is our final episode of the seasons of season two of Hawk Hill Focus, our championship recap episode. Joining me today, well, I am Commissioner Kyle Brandis here with you. Joined today by Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson and Hawk Hill Focus showrunner David Powis. Sam, David, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. You know, reflecting on what was a uh, interesting season of SJU fantasy football. A lot of lessons as a GM, a coach um, that I learned personally. And, you know, just as a general uh, deputy commissioner, you know, some growth. I got to play commissioner for a week um, while Kyle was away. So, and you did a great job. You did a great job. You know, a lot of positive takeaways despite the disappointing uh, team finish. But, you know, I'm I'm reflecting on the the season that has now passed. David, what about you? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm, I'm sad to see the season go. I feel like, you get you get all worked up about the playoffs and then you forget that that means that the season's almost over and then the season's gone just just like that um I feel like it was just yesterday it was august and we were we were getting all excited for the draft so sad to see it go um but uh love really to watch just, it leave just that's true i i do love to watch it leave um really just just excited to to talk about um our winner. Who, yes. who knew? We 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 do have a a champion now, but before we get into the championship matchup, I just want to uh on behalf of all of Hawk Hill Focus and the SJUFL just express our thoughts and prayers for Demar Hamlin. That was just a terrifying situation on that watching that unfold on Monday night football. Um glad to hear that he's doing better and is now back in Buffalo. Um Seems like he's doing pretty well, so hopefully that can just continue. And uh, hopefully he can keep fighting and maybe even make his way back to the NFL. That would be great to see. Couldn't say it better myself. You know, for all the fun and seriousness that we put on fantasy football, obviously that uh, subsides to when, you know, legitimate health concerns and human problems occur. And uh, so we do this all for fun and games. Demar Hamlin does it for his life. Um, So... We're grateful for obviously the medical staff and the people involved for making sure that he got right. Um, glad to hear that he's recovering well. It's a long road ahead for him, and we're wishing him all the best. Whatever we we can do here at Hawkill Focus to support Demar, that's what we're gonna do. We're there. We're here. We're here. Whoever needs him. But uh, yes, yeah, so there was a championship played. It was between two teams who we never thought might make a championship in their whole careers in this league. The All-American Bud Eaters and Jim Elliott went up against the Columbus Curve and Nick Mandarano. And in a matchup that we had to wait a little longer for it, but it's now final by a score of 101.02 to 71.7. Your 2022 SJUFFL champion is the All-American Bud Eaters, Jim Elliott. Who would have ever thunk this would happen? Me. Really? I picked them and pick them, didn't I? Yeah, that's fair. I picked them I as well. So I, 
Hashtag Jim is him. I picked him and pick him as well. We'll get to that later. But uh yeah, no, Jim really dominated this one start to finish. I think, you know, he had three big three big players on his team. Pat Mahomes put up uh thirty point five two points, helped out by Jarek McKinnon, who I believe had two two receiving touchdowns that day. So obviously those two help each other. And then the Jaguars defense put up a solid sixteen points against the Houston offense. Um Sam, David, what did you guys think while watching this championship game unfold? You know, well, oh, David, you want to go first? Go for it, David. I'd love to. Thank you, Sam. Um, very kind. I just want to say, um, I think at some point in the middle of the season, we talked about a lot about Nick's team. Um, and Nick's team was and continued to be basically Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry played well, I think Nick had a good chance because his receivers were solid. Um, and Burrow obviously usually was pretty consistent at, you know, top, at least minimum top five QB week in, week out. Um, so I think hearing Derrick Henry wasn't playing for the championship week was always going to be a problem for um, for Nick. Um, that being said, his team was ass. And I mean hot ass. I mean, obviously Joe Burrow in the in the continuation game, or or I guess just in week eighteen for you know for our championship, he was not very good. Only thirteen points. Um, David Montgomery was a real letdown against a really bad Lions run defense. Um, you know his Eagles receivers did well. But really, that's it. Um, Terry McLaurin wasn't good. Evan Ingram wasn't good because Evan Ingram stinks. Um, and I mean, on Jim's side of things, Mahomes played well, Chubb did just enough. Um, and Jarek McKinnon just continues to terrorize this league, um, with receiving touchdowns that I'm putting up production that he has no business putting up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, from a point standpoint, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, this is a pretty appropriate championship matchup because this entire year, We've just had matchups that were just blowouts. So it's only fitting that we'd have a 30-point championship matchup. Um, so congrats, Jim. Um, I still think you kind of fell ass backwards into this. But, uh, hey, you're, you're on the trophy before I am, so I guess I can't I, I can't say too much, can I? I can't, I can't chime, tell him nothing. I do want to chime in real quick before Sam gives his thoughts that uh, because of what happened in that Bills-Bengals Monday night game, what we did was any players that were starting for either the Bills or Bengals, we just took their week 18 scores and applied them to the championship matchup, which took place in week 17. Uh, so for anybody outside the league who listens to the show, that is how we handled the situation there. Um, Sam, I believe you had some thoughts on the game. Yeah, this one was, uh, I don't know if perplexing is the right word. I feel like usually when I do a fantasy football, you know, matchup analysis, the main positions I look at are, you know, RB one and two and wide receiver one and two. That's usually your stars, your core, your best players, you know, the whole, the whole gambit. You can usually assume that in a championship game, you know, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you expect a, a competent, I should say, effort between the two of them. Obviously one might outmatch the other. They're both extremely talented though. And that could be any given week. Uh, tight ends, as we know, can kind of be a crapshoot. And then flexes obviously really just goes into roster depth. What I found interesting is that 
Nick's core of that RB one and two and wide receiver one and two actually outscored Jim's this week, which again is usually a recipe for success, but also a testament to how ass the rest of Nick's team was and how good, you know, I guess that supporting cast of players was on uh, Jim's side. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes outscores Joe Burrow handily, um, which obviously kind of swayed this point differential probably the most. Um, but those 16 points for the Jaguars defense can't be ignored when compared to the Buccaneers five. Um, Greg Zerline did outscore Tyler Bass, whatever that's worth. And, you know, out of those flex and tight end roles, you know, a good, a healthy point differential. I'm not going to do the fast math real fast, but it looks like at least a five point plus difference advantage gym there. So just a, a neat little takeaway for me. Um, Neither of those positions, I think, really packed a punch. They were both combining for under 40 points, which is less than 10 points per those skill positions, which isn't great. Um, but again, Jim had enough of a supporting cast, which kind of has been his story all season, leaning on guys more so like Patrick Mahomes. You know, we always talk about the two tight end system, but you have two very talented tight ends and TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. And, you know, you got the Jags D in a matchup against Houston, who for you know, whatever just decided to give up on the season. Obviously, it's a lot of bad teams do at the end here. So they took advantage of that and got some major points. So good for Jim. Congratulations, Jim. Hashtag Jim is him. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, I guess, too exciting that you can get into due to the somewhat blowout fashion here. Yeah, I mean, looking back even at last season's championship too, you know, Larry, we've said it here before, you rode the waiver wire. Waiver wire to a championship. Um, looking at some of the guys on Jim's roster here, yes, they didn't do as well this week, but he still picked them off off waivers and they were effective assets for him. Uh, obviously, Jack McKinnon during his playoff run, you know, touchdowns in six straight games at the end of the season, as well as Zay Jones. He had some really big games for Jim, helped him win to get to the playoffs here. Um, does this just prove for the league that waiver wire is definitely more important than? what you do on draft day? Yeah, I would say yes. I think, um, you know, there's a there's a wise saying across fantasy football that you can't win your league on draft night, but you can lose it. I did that this year. I lost on draft night um, thanks to a couple of high draft picks that didn't really pan out. And for a lot of other people, it was, yeah, like you said, Kyle, it's free agent waiver wire pickups that really contribute midway through the year. You know, Jarek McKinnon obviously is kind of the the poster child of it this year. So yeah, I definitely would prioritize waiver wire over, uh, over draft. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree. I think, I mean, you just think about it logically when you, when you pick guys for your team in late August, obviously you're projecting a lot of what, a lot of what's going to happen. I feel like those first couple of rounds generally you might lose them if you miss out on on some big guys like things just don't go your way. But really I think where you where the draft becomes a crapshoot is really once you get past like round 4 really because you're 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 doing a lot of projecting of guys who you think are going to have bigger roles in their offense than than they did previously or you think are going to you know bounce back from a bad season or something. Um so obviously acquiring players as the year goes on, you have a much clearer idea of, okay, this is what this guy's role is. This injury happened. So like this guy's going to get very clear playing time. So as things get clearer, I think, obviously, I think acquiring players via the waiver wire makes the most sense, but I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, 
Did, do either of you know who had the most acquisitions this year? Uh, shit, wasn't it? Was it Sean or Larry? One of those two. Sam? I would say Larry's my usual guess. So it was it was Sean. And okay. he had he had 49 acquisitions. Next closest was not Larry. It was me, wasn't it? It was you. Yeah. Kyle. Um, you had 38. And then Matt. Uh wait, no, Sam, you had next most at 36. Makes sense. Trying to uh, can somebody adjust. guess who had the least? Jim. Jim. Nick. Julie. Julie. Julie had the least. Next least was Gil. Julie had seven. Gil had nine. That explains um, why Julie went from wagon to fell off wagon tier. Mm-hmm. Top the way we're My Gil's team was bad all year long, and he had one win, and it was against me. You know, and and our our two champion our two championship got, uh our matchup in the, of the championship Nick and Jim Nick had twelve Jim had twenty they were both on the much much lower end of our uh, waiver wire you know pickups so I don't know I think I also think sometimes maybe you overthink things you know Sean has forty nine pickups Sean maybe, don't overthink things maybe you're overthinking things a little bit Sean I don't know. Well, we had talked about this pre-show too, I guess, back to the overthinking part. And Jarek McKinnon, I think, is a perfect example of that, where Jim picked him up prior to week 11, we said. Yes. And in weeks 11 and 12, he had 0.4 points and then 2.6 points. I guess, to his credit, didn't overthink it. Held him on the bench because he probably had no one else. You know, in a typical waiver wire fashion, I feel like all of a sudden that's an expendable piece where you're almost just picking someone up because you've written off Jarek McKinnon. And despite Jim starting him those two weeks where he was doing poorly and continuing to keep starting him, which may have not been my move. I, you know, if I was going to keep him, maybe I'd bench him, but I also didn't know what the roster construction looks like at that point. The fact that he did keep him, didn't overthink it, that worked. So maybe there is a, a method to the madness where some of us go too far one way. Some people don't go far enough the other way. Yeah. You know, Jim did a great job of having conviction about the guys that he picked up on his uh, free agency. Um, last thing at least I want to touch on for Jim's team, I'll say. Uh, Nick Chubb gets his fifth straight championship in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Now, how is this man doing it? How is he willing these teams to victory every year? You know, I'll tell you what. As someone who had Nick Chubb on a championship roster, his impact on the locker room is impeccable. Um. I guess was I his first? You were his first. You bought the championship. That's Don't you feel good about that, Sam? I do feel good about that. Um, I was always he'll always I'll always be his first. Um, his first championship. And watching the way that he's progressed over these years, you know, within the fantasy locker rooms, there's something to be said about a good floored player. You know, we talked like, oh, Nick Chubb had an all right week. He had eleven point six points. That's not a good week. I mean, not a great week. I should say it's a good week. Mm-hmm. And. That's realistically what you can expect from Nick Chubb is at the very least a good week. He had one, he had one, two, three, four single digit point weeks this entire season. And one was a 9.9. Yeah. One and one was a 9.9. So, I mean, it's also funny because he had zero touchdowns the entire year other than week 18, which obviously we didn't count his point total for that 
That's his receiving touchdowns. Oh, that's receiving touchdowns. My apologies. Um, no, he had a couple of touchdowns mixed in. All right. Well, he had one receiving touchdown all year, so that's funny. Um, well, yeah, not a ton. It wasn't a big touchdown year for Nick Chubb either. Um, he started off hot in the beginning of the year. He had a couple of weeks where he was just rattling them off. But the back half of the season, he was rather quiet, but again, still productive. So there's something to be said about guys with, I guess, higher floors, not the highest ceiling in Nick Chubb. His highest point total this entire year was, it looks like, 29 points in week two. So good for Nick Chubb. The floor is important. I think that's the uh, the main takeaway there. Yeah, Nick Chubb's definitely going to be a guy that Jim has to look at keeping in uh, 2023, I think, for a first-round pick. You know, my my last note on Jim goes back to the, just the resiliency that Jim as an owner showed this year. Do you guys remember the saga of Jim drafting on draft night? I remember it very well. Vividly. Yes. I remember it very well. Look at Jim drafting a chan- a, an eventual championship roster through that adversity of, of, of where that nice – remember he, he stubbed his toe? I do remember. I forgot he, he stubbed he his toe. He broke his toe. I mean, this guy, he put in everything he had. I think a piece of his toenail is still on my uh, – it's still like <laughs> like embedded into that, into that little uh, thing at the bar there. Um, I mean, really, Jim, just, just impressive work to, to fight through that adversity draft night, stick to your plan of drafting two tight ends, no matter how many people told you it was very stupid and maybe still think it's stupid. It worked at the end of the day, but here we are three. You drafted four, I think. Uh, Or I would say it was at least, it was at least three. Right. Yeah. Yeah, By two tight end. I mean the the strategy of of starting two tight ends week in week out. Okay. Yeah. Obviously had more on his roster. Um, Really, I mean, from draft night on, it was just he just put blinders up, stayed focused. Um, so so shout out, shout out to you, Jim. Really, hope your toes feeling better. Go, Jim. And uh, you know, look, just want to touch on Nick's team real quick. Uh, again, Eagles wide receivers did great for him. That that seems to be like a prolific offense. We'll see if they can carry that the next season. Um, Brian Rob- Robinson had. 8.7, but other than that, his team really kind of shit the bed in the playoffs. Um, Joe Burrow with his Week 18 score, 13.6. Uh, also not that great against the bad Ravens. Bad and injured Ravens secondary. Um, do we think this will be the start of something for Nick? Will he be able to keep this momentum rolling and maybe get one move one more step to that championship team next year? I just don't know what Nick's going to do. Like, I don't know what his plan is keeper-wise. I mean, obviously, I believe he's got another year for Derrick Henry, right? Uh, I believe he has another two because he drafted him this year. Oh, that really? Yeah, so he is. Yeah, he drafted him again. Who had Derrick Henry last year? Nick, but that was the last year of his keeper eligibility. So so Nick is just absolutely monopolizing Derrick Henry. Absolutely. He's had him four straight years now. I thought he did. I thought I remember him having him forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, three keeper so, yeah years. you know i don't I, I don't know but you know there's also year in year out it seems like derrick henry just can't stay healthy and obviously he carries the ball a ton which is just not super sustainable um but i'm curious to see if he if he just leans into the the eagles eagles wide receivers strategy which has seemed to pay off pretty well does he want to keep try to keep joe burrow i think he's got a lot of options i'm, I'm very very i'm very interested to see what he does it's a good problem to have, but also a stressful problem to have, yeah. I think. 
Definitely. Um, yeah, if I had to guess, I think he keeps Bur Burrow and Henry again, personally. But, you know, that's, that's one man's opinion. But really, Nick, your team was terrible this week. Yeah, you should have been hard. Really, the last two weeks, it was really bad. Uh, Sam or David, any last notes you want to touch on this championship matchup before we move on to awards? No, I'm good. All right, before we go into our awards for the week, let's hear. Wait, I'm one. sorry. Oh, I don't want to interrupt Anchor. Wow, you just did. You just did, but continue. I'm, I'm really sorry. Anchor can go first. No, that's no, fine. You're, we already stopped it. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, Anchor. Um. Is Jim officially the worst record to win championship? What was he seven and seven? Larry was seven. Larry was seven and seven last year. Okay, gotcha. So uh, the strategy really moving forward is just go five hundred. Just go five hundred. Sneaking these back to back six seeds have won the championship. Gotcha. Just wanted to check. Mm -hmm. But you know who's never a six seed? They're always number one seed. For the last time in season two of Hulk Hill Focus, let's hear from Anchor. And the last time ever. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it right there. I was like, oh. Okay. No. For the last time ever. Oh, yeah. By the way. <laughs> and just we not address that as an Easter egg is at the end. We'll be like capping off our final show. Yeah. Just to see really what people end. say. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody want, who wants to uh, lead us in for awards? I figured I might as well split it there. Give us a little, a little more meat on the second half. Makes sense. Yeah. So we're doing a new Zoom link? No, I think we can finish it off here. Oh, cool. It won't be long. Okay. Just award, just awards and then... You said splitting and I was like, oh... Yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. And I'm just going to agree with all your awards, Kyle. Yeah. I am going to say bench regret Tom Brady just because he put up 45 points, but... Fair enough. Nothing. Yeah, bench regret for the winning team. Fair enough. Um, Pepper, do you want to bring us in? Yeah. yeah. He ran away. Oh, old bastard. He doesn't want to join. He wants to eat. All right. I'll bring us in, I guess. Wait to volunteer, Sam. Good job, Sam. All right. Are we ready? You're ready. Which award do we want to start with? I mean, that's usually how I segue here. Just start with MVP, or should we save yeah. champion uh, MVP for the end? Let's save MVP for the end. Let's start spicy with it. Spicy. All right. Yo, can you stop? Stupid cat. Um, Consolation, we can't hear it. Yeah, but you know, it throws me off my, my mojo here. All right, why don't we start with the uh, fan charts player of the week? Let's start with that. Right. Go with the go with the negative awards first. Makes sense. All right, here we go. Here we go. Don't act like Jim just won a championship. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Anchor, for always supporting us through thick and thin of the SJU FFL season. Through every loss that my team has endured this season, Anchor stuck by us, and it has stuck by you, our podcast listeners, and us as the host, obviously. You, one would say it really held you down. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Anchor. David. I get it. Anchor. Let's, talk, let's talk about something that wasn't held down this weekend. Let's talk about our Fantrax Player of the Week. Now, I think we're all in agreement for all four awards, so these won't take too long. Um, but if you guys don't mind, I will introduce our fan tracks player of the week, and that will be Mr. David Montgomery. David had 
3.6 points, much like a fantasy football player that we have in this league. David didn't perform during the playoffs. Dude struggled. <laughs> okay, that was just unnecessary. <laughs> there was just no need for that. 3.6 points on six carries, two receptions, no tutties. And for what it's worth, in week 18, he also only had 2.1 points, uh, seven carries, 21 yards. Nothing that stats mattered, but he's just been struggling. I don't really have much to add on to it. It was a you know a tough, I guess, matchup against Detroit, who, you know, they really like playing at the end of the season and just kicking people's butts. So fans get excited for next year, I guess. But tough one for David Montgomery, tough one for Nick uh to start him, especially obviously with Derrick Henry being out. Having to start David Montgomery and getting, you know, three and a half points isn't great. Yeah, I, I mean I as the person who drafted David Montgomery um, and traded him to Nick, he sucks. Um, he's really annoying because Khalil Herbert would take a lot of his carries. And then when the Bears realized that Justin Fields was really good, Justin Fields did most of the damage, even though he didn't even play um, in this game. Or did he play in this game? Did he, he play did in week 17 or did he not play week eight? He did not play either, I think. Gotcha. Um, yeah, David Montgomery stinks. He's really, really annoying from a fantasy perspective. So I was not shocked. And I was a little happy to see him suck. One thing I do want hey, to draft David Montgomery. Sean did actually. Yeah. Yeah. You traded for him. I traded for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm getting my leagues mixed up. And Sean drafted him in the third round. I am getting my leagues mixed up. I drafted him. I drafted him and traded him in a different league. Well, yeah, I, you did trade for him and then traded him again. So. So I traded for him and then traded him away. Never, never, yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, I was all up in David Montgomery this year. Yeah, well, it's a good thing he got out. I almost drafted him with the 12th overall pick. Ooh. I drafted Saquon instead. Much better decision. Uh, David, speaking of drafts, I just want to point out really quick. In 2021, you drafted Nick Chubb. Could have had a Ouch. championship. <laughs> had you stuck with him. So just want to call that out for you there. Is there any re- like we had my, like two weeks ago, we did the shit on David thing. No, we're going to keep doing it. Can we just stop? No. It's our last episode of the season. You were a hater all year. I was, I, I was, I was, I, I was a hater all year. And That's Pepper true. has made an appearance. Pepper is Pepper. live on the podcast. Does Pepper want to, does Pepper want to talk about our bench regret of the week? I don't think so. Uh, no, he's disgusted by it. Um, oh, he's, well, I'll get the microphone, folks. Oh. He's got something to say. <laughs> We're all waiting. Okay. Yeah, he's gone. All right. Anybody watching the live stream, that was adorable. But Yes. Um, there weren't really many options for Ben Chagret this week. Um, so we just decided to go with Tom Brady on Jim's bench, even though he won. Uh, Tom put up a 43.68 point performance. Obviously, still would have gotten Jim the win, uh, but he just could have done it more decisively. Would have looked better in the record books. Yes, it would. It looked like a lot more, a lot bigger blowout. Probably about a forty-two point blowout there uh, for Jim. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, bench regret for no other reason than there not being a better option. Um. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Kyle. Um, because no, literally nobody on Nick's team. Was he even worth saying? I mean, I guess there are, are probably some guys on his roster that would have been better, but it wasn't going to even begin to to like 
Yeah, I guess Brock Purdy. That would be Nick's bench regret. Would be Brock Purdy. Um, pickup of the week. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember who we said. We picked the Jags defense and special teams for their 16 right. point performance. That's right. Against That's right. Texans. If you want to talk about them at all, David. Yeah, I mean the Jaguars defense. Um, not a defense I would anticipate would put up 16 points, but against Houston's offense, it makes total sense to pick them up. Um, and they, they dominated, um, especially in a week where Nick started a good defense in Tampa Bay and they couldn't stop, uh, anything that Carolina was, was throwing at them and only got Nick five points going 16 to five on, um, defense points is a pretty, pretty good recipe for a win for Jim. So, uh, good job, Jim, picking up, picking up the Jaguars defense and good job picking up Jack McKinnon back in week 11. That's, that's actually your pickup of the week. That's your pickup of the year. That might be a pickup of the year candidate. I think it might be. Um, I think that'll bring us to our last award of the week. Our MVP, our SJU FFL Super Bowl MVP. And I can't think of any better person to give this to than Mr. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the All-American Bud Eaters. Week 17, he put up 328 yards and three touchdowns along with eight yards on the ground for a grand total of 30.52 points. David, I distinctly remember you saying in the championship preview episode that you did not think Patrick Mahomes would have a good game because he threw three interceptions the last time he played the Denver defense. This time he threw three touchdowns. Uh, would you like to wipe the egg off of your face? No, I'm a man. I'll wear it. Hey, I that I got on my face. I mean, hey, shout out Patrick Mahomes. He's Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Sam, yeah, he was really good. I mean, I don't really have much color. He's, to a, add he's, to a, good, he's a good football player. Like, really good at throwing the ball to the wide receivers and their running back, Jared McKinnon, um, for receiving touchdowns. So, yeah, that was strong. That was Jim's uh, strength right there, picking up Jack McKinnon. Because every receiving touchdown he got, Patrick Mahomes also got the points. He did throw one pick, I will just say that. Yeah, but you still thought he would do worse. All I'm saying is he he's thrown four picks in the last five weeks, and all four of them went to the Broncos. Fair enough. We have one more segment that we want to do for this season of Hulk Hill Focus, and it is just announcing our final standings for weekly pickums. Last week, we all remember that Nick went with, or I'm sorry, David went with Nick, and Sam and I went each went with Jim. Thanks, Nick. So that means that Sam and I went one and zero, and David went zero and one, meaning that in first place in the Pickums is Mr. Sam Robinson for the second year in a row. Thank you. It's the only thing I've won these last two years with a final record of fifty-eight and thirty-one. In second place. There is a tie for second place, which also means that there's a tie for third place because there's only three of us. Is Sam and I, or I'm sorry, David and I, David and I, with a record of 50 and 39, we both come in last place on the season. David, how happy are you to be doing some sort of punishment with me in the offseason? I'm very excited to be doing some kind of punishment with you. I'm very upset because I know if I hadn't gotten two 0 and 6s throughout the season for just forgetting to put in picks. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would have gone 0-12 in those picks. If anything, I think I possibly could have caught Sam. Um, 
you didn't. So I'm disappointed about that. I am very disappointed, but I'm I'm very excited about the prospect of of doing something with you. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do something fun together. We'll yeah. maybe go to an IHOP and eat like a bunch of pancakes or something. That sounds like fun. Wait, hold on. The punishment can't be fun. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. This isn't an excuse for the two of you to hang out together. <laughs> <laughs> also, want to add in there that our uh, guests of this season on Hall Kill Focus went six and six this year, so they were five hundred. So, if anything, they should be doing the punishment. I agree. And our locks of the week, we finish officially with a record of twenty and nine. Great job, boys. That's better than last year. What a lot last year. I'd say a lot better than last year. We absolutely killed it there. Uh, uh, six ninety win percentage. Uh, nice. Would have beat would have beat Sam if we were going by win percentages too. So <laughs> we did a great job with locks of the week. Uh, so Sam's not the champion. We all are. Yeah. Well, everyone's a champion in life in this league. Even if your name's not on the trophy, which David's name is technically on the trophy. Just want to throw that out there. But uh David, I'll let you go first. Do you have any final words that you want to share with the Hulk Hill Focus audience for season two? Um I just want to give my sincerest thanks to all of our loyal listeners. Um, even those of you who I know only listen when you win. Rob. Uh, I'm looking at you, Rob. Uh, which means you probably aren't even listening to this. Little bitch. Um, but I, I, you know, Kyle, Sam, and I, we we do we do try pretty hard to to put forward a solid product. I think Kyle and Sam do a great job. Um, as commissioner and deputy commissioner of this league, um, I'm proud to represent it behind the microphone. Um, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, and I'm hoping that we uh, have continued success both as a league and a podcast. Thank you, David. I love the hard work that you put in for this show uh, and in this league as well. Uh, Sam, would you like to share any words with the Hawkeye Focus audience? Yeah, you know, thanks for another great season. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, season two is in the books. I can't believe it's been that long already. But yeah, thanks to the listeners. Thanks to the people that are active about it in the Discord. Um, Sean for setting up the Discord of Pickums every week. Special shout out to him. And uh yeah, you know, great season. And uh, maybe next year it could be, I guess, a little bit more competitive. Maybe my team could be a little bit better. But we had fun. And that's what counts the most, having fun. The most. Um, I have to echo what David and Sam said. It's uh, it's always a blast doing this show. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to it. Uh, Sam and David, can't ask for two better people to do this show with every week. Uh, so thank you guys for taking time out your busy Tuesday nights to be able to come on here for the most part. That's probably more directed at Sam than David. Um, David was absent a lot this year, but we'll fuck yourself. <laughs> but, uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. Congratulations to Jim on a hard, hard fault championship. Thank you anchor for everything you, you do and have done for this podcast. And uh, yeah, I think with that, for the final time, thank you for listening, and I will sing us out. Welcome back. It is our final episode of the season, of season two of Hulk Hill Focus, our championship recap episode. Joining me today, well, I am Commissioner Kyle Brandis here with you, joined today by Deputy Commissioner Sam Robinson and Hawk Hill Focus showrunner, 
David Powis. Sam, David, how are you guys doing today? I'm good. You know, reflecting on what was a uh, interesting season of SJU fantasy football, a lot of lessons as a GM, a coach um, that I learned personally, and, you know, just as a general uh, deputy commissioner, you know, some growth. I got to play commissioner for a week um, while Kyle was away. So, and you did a great job. You did a great a lot job. Of, you know, a lot of positive takeaways despite the disappointing uh, team finish, but, you know, I'm reflecting on the, the season that has now passed. David, what about you? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm, I'm sad to see the season go. I feel like you get you get all worked up about the playoffs, and then you forget that that means that the season's almost over, and then the season's gone just just like that. Um, I feel like it was just yesterday, it was August, and we were we were getting all excited for the draft. So sad to see it go. Um, but uh, really, just it leave. Just that's true. I I do love to watch it leave. Um, really just, just excited to, to talk about, um, our winner. Who knew? We, we, we do have a, a champion now, but before we get into the championship matchup, I just want to, uh, on behalf of all of Hawk Hill focus in the SJUFFL, just express our thoughts and prayers for Damar Hamlin. That was just a terrifying situation on that, watching that unfold on Monday night football. Um, Glad to hear that he's doing better and is now back in Buffalo. Um, seems like he's doing pretty well, so hopefully that can just continue. And uh, hopefully he can keep fighting and maybe even make his way back to the NFL. That would be great to see. Couldn't say it better myself. You know, for all the fun and seriousness that we put on fantasy football, obviously that uh, subsides to when, you know, legitimate health concerns and human problems occur and uh, – so we do this all for fun and games. Demar Hamlin does it for his life. Um, so we're grateful for obviously the medical staff and the people involved for making sure that he got right. Um, glad to hear that he's recovering well. It's a long road ahead for him, and we're wishing him all the best. Whatever we want, we can do here at Hawkill Focus to support Demar. That's what we're gonna do. We're there. We're here. We're here. Whoever needs him. But uh, yes, yeah, so there was a championship played. It was between two teams who we never thought might make a championship in their whole careers in this league. The All-American Bite Eaters and Jim Elliott went up against the Columbus Curve and Nick Mandarano. And in a matchup that we had to wait a little longer for it, but it's now final by a score of 101.02 to 71.7. You're 2022. SJUFFL champion is the All-American Bud Eaters, Jim Elliott. Who would have ever thunk this would happen? Me. Really? I picked him and picked him, didn't I? Yeah, that's fair. I picked him <laughs> as well. Jim so is I, him. Hashtag Jim is him. I picked him and picked him as well. We'll get to that later. But, uh, you know, Jim really dominated this one start to finish. I think, you know, he had three big the three big players on his team, Pat Mahomes, put up uh, 30.52 points, helped out by Jarek McKinnon, who I believe had two two receiving touchdowns that day. So, obviously, they, those two help each other. And then Jaguars defense put up a solid 16 points against the Houston offense. Um, Sam, David, what did you guys think while watching this championship game unfold? You know, well, oh, David, do you want to go first? Go for it, David. I'd love to. Thank you, Sam. Um, very kind. I just want to say 
Um, I think at some point in the middle of the season, we talked about a lot about Nick's team. Um, and Nick's team was and continued to be basically Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry played well, I think Nick had a good chance because his receivers were solid. Um, and Burrow obviously usually was pretty consistent at, you know, top, at least minimum top five QB week in, week out. Um, so I think hearing Derrick Henry wasn't playing for the championship week was always going to be a problem for um, for Nick. Um, that being said, his team was ass. And I mean, hot ass. I mean, obviously Joe Burrow in the, in the continuation game, or, or I guess just in week 18 for, you know, for our championship, he was not very good. Only 13 points. Um, David Montgomery was a real letdown against a really bad Lions run defense. Um, you know, his Eagles receivers did well, but really that's it. Um, Terry McLaurin wasn't good. Evan Ingram wasn't good because Evan Ingram stinks. Um, and I mean, on Jim's side of things, Mahomes played well, Chubb did just enough. Um, and Jarek McKinnon just continues to terrorize this league, um, with receiving touchdowns that I'm putting up production that he has no business putting up. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, from a point standpoint, I don't have a lot to say. I mean, this is a pretty appropriate championship matchup because this entire year, We've just had matchups that were just blowouts. So it's only fitting that we'd have a 30-point championship matchup. Um, so congrats, Jim. Um, I still think you kind of fell ass backwards into this. But, uh, hey, you're, you're on the trophy before I am, so I guess I can't I, I can't say too much, can I? I can't, do I can't tell him nothing. I do want to chime in real quick before Sam gives his thoughts that uh, because of what happened in that Bills-Bengals Monday night game, what we did was any players that were starting for either the Bills or Bengals, we just took their week 18 scores and applied them to the championship matchup, which took place in week 17. Uh, so for anybody outside the league who listens to this show, that is how we handled the situation there. Um, Sam, I believe you had some thoughts on the game. Yeah, this one was, uh, I don't know if perplexing is the right word. I feel like usually when I do a fantasy football, you know, matchup analysis, the main positions I look at are, you know, RB one and two and wide receiver one and two. That's usually your stars, your core, your best players, you know, the whole, the whole gambit. You can usually assume that in a championship game, you know, Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, you expect a, a competent, I should say, effort between the two of them. Obviously one might outmatch the other. They're both extremely talented though. And that could be any given week. Uh, tight ends, as we know, can kind of be a crapshoot. And then flexes obviously really just goes into roster depth. What I found interesting is that Nick's core of that RB one and two and wide receiver one and two actually outscored Jim's this week, which again is usually a recipe for success, but also a testament to how ass the rest of Nick's team was and how good, you know, I guess that supporting cast of players was on uh, Jim's side. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes outscores Joe Burrow handily, um, which obviously kind of swayed this point differential probably the most. Um, but those 16 points for the Jaguars defense can't be ignored when compared to the Buccaneers' five. Um, Greg Zerline did outscore Tyler Bass, whatever that's worth. And, you know, out of those flex and tight end roles, you know, a good, a healthy point differential. I'm not going to do the fast math real fast, but it looks like at least a five point plus difference 
advantage Jim there. So just a, a neat little takeaway for me. Um, neither of those positions, I think, really packed a punch. They were both combining for under 40 points, which is less than 10 points per those skill positions, which isn't great. Um, but again, Jim had enough of a supporting cast, which kind of has been his story all season, leaning on guys more so like Patrick Mahomes. You know, we always talk about the two tight end system, but you have two very talented tight ends and TJ Hawkinson and George Kittle. And, you know, you got the Jags D in a matchup against Houston, who for, you know, whatever, just decided to give up on the season. Obviously, it's a lot of bad teams do at the end here. So they took advantage of that and got some major points. So. Good for Jim. Congratulations, Jim. Hashtag Jim is him. And uh, yeah, I mean, nothing, I guess, too exciting that you can get into due to the somewhat blowout fashion here. Yeah, I mean, looking back even at last season's championship too, you know, Larry, we've said it here before, you rode the waiver wire, waiver wire to a championship. Um, Looking at some of the guys on Jim's roster here, I guess they didn't do as well this week, but he still picked them off off waivers and they were effective assets for him. Uh, obviously, Jack McKinnon during his playoff run, you know, touchdowns in six straight games at the end of the season, as well as Zay Jones. He had some really big games for Jim, helped him win to get to the playoffs here. Um, does this just prove for the league that waiver wire is definitely more important than what you do on draft day? Yeah, I would say yes. I think... Um... You know, there's a there's a wise saying across fantasy football that you can't win your league on draft night, but you can lose it. I did that this year. I lost on draft night um, thanks to a couple of high draft picks that didn't really pan out. And for a lot of other people, it was, yeah, like you said, Kyle, it's free agent waiver wire pickups that really contribute midway through the year. You know, Jarek McKinnon obviously is kind of the, the poster child of it this year. So... Yeah, I definitely would prioritize waiver wire over uh, over draft. Yeah, I think I, I I agree. I think, I mean, you just think about it logically. When you when you pick guys for your team in late August, obviously you're projecting a lot of what, a lot of what's going to happen. I feel like those first couple of rounds generally, you might lose them if you miss out on on some big guys. Like things just don't go your way. But really, I think where you where the draft becomes a crapshoot is really once you get past like round four, really, because you're, you're, you're doing a lot of projecting of guys who you think are going to have bigger roles in their offense than, than they did previously, or you think are going to, you know, bounce back from a bad season or something. Um, So obviously acquiring players as the year goes on, you have a much clearer idea of, okay, this is what this guy's role is. This injury happened. So like this guy's going to get very clear playing time. So as things get clearer, I think, obviously, I think acquiring players via the waiver wire makes the most sense. But I'm actually looking at it right now. Um, did, do either of you know who had the most acquisitions this year? Uh, shit, wasn't it? Was it Sean or Larry? One of those two. Sam? I would say Larry's my usual guess. So it was, it was Sean. And okay. he had... He had 49 acquisitions. Next closest was not Larry. It was me, wasn't it? It was you. Yeah. Kyle. Um, you had 38. And then Matt. Uh wait, no, Sam, you had next most at 36. Makes sense. Trying to mm-hmm. can somebody just... guess who had the least? Jim. Jim. Nick. 
Julie. Julie. Julie had the least. Next least was Gil. Julie had seven. Gil had nine. That explains um, why Julie went from wagon to fell off wagon tier. Mm-hmm. Top the waiver. My Gil's team was bad all year long, and he had one win, and it was against me. You know, and and our our two champion our two championship got uh our matchup in, of the championship. Nick and Jim. Nick had twelve. Jim had twenty. They were both on the much much lower end of our uh waiver wire you know pickups. So I don't know. I think I also think sometimes maybe you overthink things. You know, Sean has forty nine pickups. Sean, maybe, don't overthink things. Maybe you're overthinking things a little bit, Sean. I don't know. Well, we had talked about this pre-show too, I guess back to the overthinking part. And Jarek McKinnon, I think, is a perfect example of that where Jim picked him up prior to week 11, we said. Yes. And in weeks 11 and 12, he had 0.4 points and then 2.6 points. I guess, to his credit, didn't overthink it. Held him on the bench because he probably had no one else. You know, in a typical waiver wire fashion, I feel like all of a sudden that's an expendable piece where you're almost just picking someone up because you've written off Jarek McKinnon. And despite Jim starting him those two weeks where he was doing poorly and continuing to keep starting him, which may have not been my move. I, you know, if I was going to keep, maybe I'd bench him, but I also didn't know what the roster construction looks like at that point. The fact that he did keep him, didn't overthink it. That worked. So maybe there is a, a method to the madness where some of us go too far one way. Some people don't go far enough the other way. Yeah. You know, Jim did a great job of having conviction about the guys that he picked up on his uh, free agency. Um, last thing, at least I want to touch on for Jim's team, I'll say, uh, Nick Chubb gets his fifth straight championship in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Now, how is this man doing it? How is he willing these teams to victory every year? You know, I'll tell you what. As someone who had Nick Chubb on a championship roster, his impact on the locker room is impeccable. Um. I guess, was I his first? You were his first. You bought yeah, the championship. That's true. Don't you feel good about that, Sam? I do feel good about that. Um, I was always, he'll always, I'll always be his first. Um, his always first championship. His first. And watching the way that he's progressed over these years, you know, within the fantasy locker rooms, there's something to be said about a good floored player. You know, we talked like, oh, Nick Chubb had an all right week. He had 11.6 points. That's not a good week. I mean, not a great week, I should say. It's a good week. Mm-hmm. And... That's realistically what you can expect from Nick Chubb is at the very least a good week. He had one, he had one, two, three, four single digit point weeks this entire season. And one was a 9.9. Yeah. One and one was a 9.9. So, I mean, it's also funny because he had zero touchdowns the entire year other than week 18, which obviously we didn't count his point total for that. That's his receiving touchdowns. Oh, that's the receiving touchdowns. My apologies. Um, no, he had a couple of touchdowns in the next day. All right. Well, he had one receiving touchdown all year, so that's funny. Um, but yeah, touchdowns. not a ton. It wasn't a big touchdown year for Nick Chubb either. Um, he started off hot in the beginning of the year. He had a couple of weeks where he was just rattling them off. But the back half of the season, he was rather quiet, but again, still productive. So there's something to be said about guys with, I guess, higher floors, not the highest ceiling in Nick Chubb. His highest point total this entire year was... It looks like 29 points in week two. So good for Nick Chubb. The floor is important. I think that's the uh, the main takeaway there. Yeah, Nick Chubb's definitely going to be a guy that Jim has to look at keeping in uh, 2023, I think, for a first-round pick. You know, 
my my last note on Jim goes back to the just the resiliency that Jim as an owner showed this year. Do you guys remember the saga of Jim drafting on draft night? I remember it very well. Vividly. Yes, I remember it very well. Look at Jim drafting a chant an eventual championship roster through that adversity of of, of where that night. Nice, remember he he stubbed his toe. I do remember how he stubbed he his toe. He broke his toe. I mean, this guy he put in everything he had. I think a piece of his toenail is still on my uh, is still like <laughs> like embedded into that into that little uh, thing at the bar there. Um, I mean, really, Jim, just just impressive work to to fight through that adversity draft night. Stick to your plan of drafting two tight ends, no matter how many people told you it was very stupid, and maybe it still think it's stupid. It worked at the end of the day. But here we Did are. Draft three. You drafted four, yeah. I think. Uh, or yeah. I would say it was at least it was at least three. Three. Yeah. yeah well, by two tight end, I mean the, the strategy of, of starting two tight ends week in week out. Okay. Yeah. Obviously, had more on his roster. Um. Really, I mean, from draft night on, it was just he just put blinders up, stayed focused. Um. So so shout out shout out to you, Jim. Really, hope your toes feeling better. Go, Jim, and uh, you know, look just want to touch on next team real quick. Uh, again, Eagles wide receivers did great for him. That, that seems to be like a prolific offense. We'll see if they can carry that in the next season. Um, Brian Rob- Robinson had 8.7, but other than that, his team really kind of shit the bed in the playoffs. Um, Joe Burrow with his week 18 score, 13.6. Uh, also not that great against the bad Ravens. Bad and injured Ravens secondary. Um do we think this will be the start of something for Nick? Will he be able to keep this momentum rolling and maybe get one move one more step to that championship team next year? I just don't know what Nick's gonna do. Like, I don't know what his plan is keeper-wise. I mean, obviously, I believe he's got another year for Derrick Henry, right? Uh I believe he has another two because he drafted him this year. Oh, that's yeah, really? so he is. Yeah, he drafted him again. Who had Derrick Henry last year? Nick, but that was the last year of his keeper eligibility. So so Nick is just absolutely monopolizing Derrick Henry. Absolutely. He's had him four straight years now. I thought he did. I thought I remember him having him forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, the three keeper so years. Yeah, you know, I don't I, I don't know, but you know, there's also year in, year out, it seems like Derrick Henry just can't stay healthy. And obviously he carries the ball a ton, which is just not super sustainable. Um but I'm curious to see if he if he just leans into the the Eagles Eagles wide receivers strategy, which has seemed to pay off pretty well. Does he want to keep try to keep Joe Burrow? I think he's got a lot of options. I'm I'm very very I'm very interested to see what he does. It's a good problem to have, but also it's a stressful problem to have. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, yeah, if I had to guess, I think he keeps Bur- Burrow and Henry again personally, but you know. That's that's one man's opinion. But really, Nick, your team was terrible this week. Yeah, you should have bet hard. Bet really, the last two bad. weeks, it was really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam or David, any last notes you want to touch on this championship matchup before we move on to awards? No, I'm good. All right, before we go into our awards for the week, let's hear Wait, I'm one. sorry. Oh. I don't want to interrupt Anchor. Wow, you just did. You just did, but continue. I'm, I'm really sorry. Anchor can go first. No, that's no, fine. You're, we already stopped it. Go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry, Anchor. 
Um, is Jim officially the worst record to win championship? What was he seven and seven? Larry oh. was seven. Larry was seven and seven last year. Okay, gotcha. So the strategy uh, really moving forward is just go 500. Just go 500, sneak in. He's back-to-back six seeds have won the championship. Gotcha. Just wanted to check. Mm-hmm. But you know who's never a six seed? They're always number one seed. For the last time in season two of Hulk Hill Focus, let's hear from Anchor. And the last time ever. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say it right there. I was like, oh, okay. No. For the last time ever. Oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> and just we not should maybe put that as an Easter egg at the end. We'll be like, capping off our final show. Yeah, just to see what people end. say. Yeah. Um, all right. Anybody want, who wants to uh, lead us in for awards? I figured I might as well split it there. Give us a little, a little more meat on the second half. Makes sense. Yeah. So we're doing a new Zoom link? No, I think we can finish it off here. Oh, cool. It won't be long. Okay. Just award, just awards, and then you said splitting, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, oh no, 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 sorry." And I'm just going to agree with all your awards, Kyle. Yeah. I am going to say bench regret Tom Brady just because he put up 45 points, but fair enough. Nothing, yeah. Bench regret for the winning team. Fair enough. Um, Pepper, do you want to bring us in? Yeah. You ran away. Oh, old bastard. He doesn't want to join. He wants to eat. All right, I'll bring us in, I guess. Where's your volunteer, Sam? Good job, Sam. All right. Are we ready? You're ready. Which award do we want to start with? I mean, that's usually how I segue here. Just start with MVP, or should we save yeah. champion uh, for the end? Yeah, well, let's save MVP for the end. Let's start spicy with it. Spicy. All right. Yo, can you stop? Stupid cat. Um, consolation, we can't hear him. Yeah, but you know, it throws me off my, my mojo here. All right, why don't we start with the uh, fan tracks player of the week? Let's start with that. Right. Go with the go with the negative awards first. Makes sense. All right, here we go. Here we go. Don't act like Jim just won a championship. Here we go. <laughs> Thank you, Anchor, for always supporting us through thick and thin of the SJU FFL season. Through every loss that my team has endured this season, Anchor stuck by us. And it is stuck by you, our podcast listeners, and us as the host, obviously. You, one would say it really held you down. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Anchor. David. I get it. Anchor. Well, let's, talk, let's talk about something that wasn't held down this weekend. Let's talk about our fan tracks player of the week. Now, I think we're all in agreement for all four awards, so these won't take too long. Um, but if you guys don't mind, I will introduce our fan tracks player of the week, and that will be Mr. David Montgomery. David had 3.6 points, much like a fantasy football player that we have in this league. David didn't perform during the playoffs. Dude struggled. Okay, that was just unnecessary. (laughs) There was just no need for that. 3.6 points on six carries, two receptions, no tutties. And for what it's worth, in week 18, he also only had 2.1 points. Uh, seven carries, 21 yards. Nothing that stats mattered, but he's just been struggling. I don't really have much to add on to it. It was a you know a tough, I guess, matchup against Detroit, who, you know, they really like playing at the end of the season and just kicking people's butts. So fans get excited for next year, I guess. But tough one for David Montgomery, tough one for Nick uh, to start him, especially obviously with Derrick Henry being out. 
having to start David Montgomery and getting, you know, three and a half points isn't great. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I as the person who drafted David Montgomery um, and traded him to Nick, he sucks. Um, he's really annoying because Khalil Herbert would take a lot of his carries. And then when the Bears realized that Justin Fields was really good, Justin Fields did most of the damage, even though he didn't even play um, in this game. Or did he play in this game? Did he, he play did in week 17 or did he not play week eight? He did not play either, I think. Gotcha. Um, yeah, David Montgomery stinks. He's really, really annoying from a fantasy perspective. So I was not shocked. And I was a little happy to see him suck. One thing I do want to hey, you didn't draft David Montgomery. Sean did actually. Yeah. Yeah, you traded for him. I traded for him? Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm getting my leagues mixed up. And Sean drafted him in the third round. I am getting my leagues mixed up. I drafted him. I drafted him and traded him in a different league. Well, yeah, I, you did trade for him and then traded him again. So, so I traded for him and then traded him away. Never, never, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, I was all up in David Montgomery this year. Yeah, well, it's a good thing he got out. I almost drafted him with the twelfth overall pick. Ooh, I drafted Saquon instead. Much better decision. Uh, David, speaking of drafts, I just want to point out really quick, in 2021, you drafted Nick Chubb. Could have had a championship. (laughs) Had you stuck with him. So, just want to call that out for you there. Is there any – like, we had – like, two weeks ago, we did the shit on David thing. No, we're going to keep doing it. Can we just stop? No. It's our last episode. Of the season. You were a hater all year. I was, I, I was, I was, I was, I was a hater all year. And That's Pepper true. has made an appearance. Pepper is Pepper. live on the podcast. Does Pepper want to? Does Pepper want to talk about our bench regret of the week? I don't think so. Uh, no, he's disgusted by it. Um, he's at, oh, he's falling at the microphone, folks. Oh, he's got something to say. <laughs> We're all waiting. Okay, then he's gone. All right, anybody watching the live stream, that was adorable. But yes, um, there weren't really many options for bench regret this week. Um. So we just decided to go with Tom Brady on Jim's bench, even though he won. Uh, Tom put up a 43.68 point performance. Obviously still would have gotten Jim the win, uh, but he just could have done it more decisively. A little uh, better in the record books. Yes, it would. It looked like a lot more, a lot bigger blowout. Probably about a 42 point blowout there uh, for Jim. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, bench regret for no other reason than there not being a better option. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, Kyle. Um, because no, literally nobody on Nick's team was even worth saying. I mean, I guess there are, are probably some guys on his roster that would have been better, but it wasn't going to even begin to, to like, yeah, I guess Brock Purdy, that would be Nick's bench regret would be Brock Purdy. Um, pick up of the week. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember who he said. We picked the Jags defense and the special teams for their 16 point performance against Texans. If you want to talk about them at all, David. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars defense, um, not a defense I would anticipate would put up 16 points, but against Houston's offense, it makes total sense to pick them up. Um, and they, they dominated, um, especially in a week where Nick, started a good defense in Tampa Bay and they couldn't stop uh, anything that Carolina was, was throwing at them and only got Nick five points going 16 to five on um, defense points. 
is a pretty pretty good recipe for a win for Jim. So uh, good job, Jim, picking up picking up the Jaguars defense, and good job picking up Jack McKinnon back in Week Eleven. That's that's actually your pickup of the week. That's your pickup that, of the year. That might be a pickup of the year candidate. I think it might be. Um, I think that'll bring us to our last award of the week, our MVP, our SJU FFL Super Bowl MVP. And I can't think of any better person to give this to than Mr. Patrick Mahomes, quarterback of the All-American Bud Eaters. Week 17, he put up 328 yards and three touchdowns along with eight yards on the ground for a grand total of 30.52 points. David, I distinctly remember you saying in the championship preview episode that you did not think Patrick Mahomes would have a good game because he threw three interceptions the last time he played the Denver defense. This time he threw three touchdowns. Uh, would you like to wipe the egg off of your face? No, I'm a man. I'll wear it. Hey, I don't know. on my face. I mean, hey, shout out Patrick Mahomes. He's Patrick Mahomes, number one quarterback in the SJU FFL. Yeah. Sam, yeah, he was really good. I mean, I don't really have much color. He's, to a, add he's, to a, good, he's a good football player. Like, really good at throwing the ball to the wide receivers and their running back, Jared McKinnon. Um, for receiving touchdowns, so yeah, that was that, was that was Jim's uh, strength right there, picking up Jerk McKinnon because every receiving touchdown he got, Patrick Mahomes also got the points. He did throw one pick, I will just say that. Yeah, but you still thought he'd do worse. All I'm saying is he he's thrown four picks in the last five weeks, and all four of them went to the Broncos. Fair enough. We have one more segment that we want to do for this season of Hulk Hill Focus, and it is just announcing. Our final standings for weekly pickums. Last week, we all remember that Nick went with, or I'm sorry, David went with Nick, and Sam and I went each went with Jim. Thanks, Nick. So that means that Sam and I went one and zero, and David went zero and one, meaning that in first place in the pickums is Mr. Sam Robinson for the second year in a row. Thank you. It's the only thing I've won these last two years with a. Final record of 58 and 31. In second place, there is a tie for second place, which also means that there's a tie for third place because there's only three of us. Is Sam and I, or I'm sorry, David and I, David and I, with a record of 50 and 39. We both come in last place on the season. David, how happy are you to be doing some sort of punishment with me in the offseason? I'm very excited to be doing some kind of punishment with you. I'm very upset because I know if I hadn't gotten two zero and sixes throughout the season for just forgetting to put in picks, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I would have gone zero and twelve in those picks. If anything, I think I possibly could have caught Sam. Um, you didn't, so I'm disappointed about that. I am very disappointed, but I'm I'm very excited about the prospect of of doing something with you. Yeah, we'll get, we'll do we'll do something fun together. We'll yeah. maybe go to an IHOP and eat like a bunch of pancakes or something. That sounds like fun. Wait, hold on. The punishment can't be fun. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. This isn't an excuse for the two of you to hang out together. <laughs> also, want to add in there that our uh, guests of the season on Hawk Hill Focus went six and six this year. So they were 500. So, if anything, they should be doing punishment. I agree. And our locks of the week, we finish officially with a record of 20 and nine. Great job, boys. That's better than last year. Well, that's a lot last better. year. I'd say a lot better than last year. We absolutely killed it there. Uh, uh, 690 win percentage. 
nice. would have beat would have beat Sam if we were going by win percentages too. So we did a great job with locks of the week. Um, so Sam's not the champion. We all are. Yeah. Well, everyone's a champion in life in this league. Mm. Even if your name's not on the trophy, which David's name is technically on the trophy. Just want to throw that out there. But uh, David, I'll let you go first. Do you have any final words that you want to share with the Hawk Hill Focus audience for season two? Um, I just want to give my sincerest thanks to all of our loyal listeners, um, even those of you who I know only listen when you win. Rob. Uh, I'm looking at you, Rob, uh, which means you probably aren't even listening to this. Little bitch. Um, but I, I, you know, Kyle, Sam and I, we, we do, we do try pretty hard to, to put forward a solid product. I think Kyle and Sam do a great job, um, as commissioner and deputy commissioner of this league. Um, I'm proud to represent it behind the microphone. Um, it's an honor. It's a privilege. Um, and I'm hoping that we, uh, have continued success both as a league and a podcast. Thank you, David. I love the hard work that you put in for this show uh, and in this league as well. Uh, Sam, would you like to share any words with the Hawk Hill Focus audience? Yeah, you know, thanks for another great season. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, season two is in the books. I can't believe it's been that long already. But yeah, thanks to the listeners. Thanks to the people that are active about it in the Discord. Um, Sean for setting up the Discord of Pickums every week. Special shout out to him. And uh, yeah, you know, great season. And uh, maybe next year it could be, I guess, a little bit more competitive. Maybe my team could be a little bit better. But we had fun. And that's what counts the most, having fun. Um, I have to echo what David and Sam said. It's uh, it's always a blast doing this show. Uh, and thank you guys for listening to it. Uh, Sam and David, can't ask for two better people to do this show with every week. Uh, so thank you guys for taking time out your busy Tuesday nights to be able to Come on here for the most part. That's probably more directed at Sam than David. Um, David was absent a lot this year, but we'll fuck yourself. <laughs> but uh, you know, thank you guys for listening. Congratulations to Jim on hard hard fault championship. Thank you, Anchor, for everything you you do and have done for this podcast. And uh, yeah, I think with that, for the final time, thank you for listening. And I will sing us out.